on episode 77 of Pixel Gaiden. It's a battle of the handheld falling block puzzlers. Cody gives some advice on some modern old school. Another Kuka Combo Breaker game show. Eric mods his Saturn. Plays a game called Crosscode. And takes a trip to the Brewing Academy. We talk about our best retro deals and free-to-play. Enjoy a couple brews. And laugh until beer foam comes out our nose. Mr. Eric Nelson, it is February 28th at this point. Happy birthday, bro. Thank you. How sweet of you to remember. That's me. Mr. Sweetness. Now, what'd you get me? Oh. Um, (laughs) It's in the mail. It's in the mail. Well, I hope you had, uh, you and your wife had a wonderful Valentine's Day. If that's a thing. Oh, it was so romantic. If that's a thing you do. Uh, You know, rose petals and, and bath water and the whole thing. Um,. At this point, I would have gotten my... Uh, so my wife and I don't don't really do Valentine's. So uh, at this point... Again, we're recording this at the beginning of the month here. But at this point, we would have given my girls a... Um, I, I usually try to give each one of my beautiful little girls a rose. Oh, sweet. And uh, we wanted to get them a... Uh, something that they had a, a, played with at a friend's house up here in, in the boondocks. Um, which is one of those really long roped swings that fit like four people. Yeah. And so we found a tree out here that's perfect, and so they can swing unnecessarily unsafely high in the air and potentially fall and break something. So sure. that's where they will have received that at this point for Valentine's Day, just because we wanted an excuse to give it to them. So Valentine's yeah. Day is the, is the excuse. Awesome. Do you that guys do really anything? Cool. My wife and I are not doing Valentine's Day this year either. Yeah. We, we have in the past, but we're not doing it this year. We should have done... Um, Six good games about love. We should have. That would have been cool. Like Popeye with the hearts falling down. Or I mean, Doki Doki Literature Club. <laughs> oh, with the obsessive. Man. Oh, we, I don't want to give too much. Twisted <laughs> love. <laughs> bump, bump. Uh, nonetheless, if you guys are here for a retro video game or retro inspired video game news, uh, opinions, and excitement, you're in the right place. Yeah. Um, on this episode of Pixel Guide In, we are going to be. Uh, well, Cody's Corner is coming up, and at this point in the show, I don't know what I'm going to talk about yet. But in theory, in the show <laughs> opening, you just heard what I'm going to be doing. So you right. guys know before I do. I don't know how that works, but... It's weird. It's like, time. It's weird time travel thing stuff. You wouldn't understand. It's like going back to the future. Um, so that's happening. And uh, Eric and I will be... Uh, well, I guess Tim's going to be hopping on here, actually. So for the most yeah. part, Tim will be joining us here in just a few moments, which will be awesome. I have an awesome game show set up for them, and you guys at home can play along. And, of course, we are going to be catching up, as we like to do, about what we've been up to lately, things we've been collecting, playing, uh, banging our head against the wall, trying to fix, uh, trying to keep out of our box of broken dreams. And, final and not uh, not least, we're doing a battle of the systems between a couple of handheld games that are 
music-inspired falling block puzzle games. And at this point, I guess we can tell people what they're in for. Yeah. It is... Do you want to say the name of these games, Eric? You say the names of these games. Oh, man. All right, I will. So the first one is on the PSP. It's called Lumines. That's what I call it. Yep. And the second one is Meteos. I'm going to say Meteos because it's, I think it's supposed to be based on Meteor, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to say Meteos, M-E-T-E-O-S on the Nintendo DS system. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, So uh, without further ado, I think we should go ahead and jump right on into some quick questions. Quick questions. All right. So these quick questions uh, have come from a variety of sources, but today they're to each other. They are our own little Valentine's gift to each other, Eric. Oh, nice. I like it. So uh, go ahead and read yours first uh, and then I will go second. That's how that works. After listening to your segment last month, which I do, I don't just ignore you, Cody. Thank you. About the state of modern collecting, what was the last good slash great deal you received, not including gifts? So, like, something you bought, which you're like, oh, man, I got it. This is a great deal. Which, it's getting harder and harder to get those. It's funny, because depending on how you look at it, it's also getting easier and easier to get those. And let me explain myself. Okay. If you bought anything about a year ago, it's worth more now. So you got a great deal. Of course. Yeah. So yeah. that's if you want to look at it that way, like everything I've bought has been a great deal because it's all gone up. It's stupid. That being said, great deal at the time. Yeah. Um Spirit of the question, you know, like you were like, Oh my I can't believe I'm getting this deal. You know, I actually have one to talk about in catching up. I don't know if it's a great deal, but it was definitely a good deal. Uh so we'll talk about that later, which I'm excited about. Okay. Um, definitely wasn't the Neo Geo I got because that I paid about the right price for. <laughs> right. Uh, it's still a decent deal considering what's out there. You know, I the last time I got a great deal, it, it's probably been a while. Um, whew. Do you have one, Eric? I'm going to keep thinking about that. I'm sorry. I'm not prepared, but. I do, and it was a long while ago. I think it was about two years ago. I went to Legacy Toys and Games here in Elk Grove. Yeah. And you know your experience with them is you walk in. They're a great store, by the way. But you walk in, and you look at what they have, and you're like, I have all this. I mean, every one of their retro consoles that they have out, Genesis, Super Nintendo, Nintendo. They're a smaller store. They have most of the basics, and that's typically it. Yeah, They have everything you already have, pretty much. Well, you and me have. Um, so every, I go in there all the time, like probably once every couple of weeks and they always, they, they just don't have anything I don't have already. But one time, a couple of years ago, I went in there and they were like, and, and they didn't have anything again, but the guy was there. What was his name again? Jason? Oh, you're killing me. It's been a while. I, ho- I was hoping you weren't going to bring that up. Jerry. Well, if you're listening, yeah, I'm sorry, but <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. But he, um, I basically went in and, and looked at it and I was like, Hey, do you have anything out of the ordinary, you know, uh, so, you know, stuff that might be more up my alley. And he said, you know what? Something just came in. It's not tested. I mean, I plugged it in and it worked and he went in and he brought out the Atari XEGS, which I is, I've not seen that. I remember you telling me I have not seen it. Yep. So, which is a, basically a console, but you can plug a keyboard into it. And it is basically an Atari 800 XL, 
but it so it runs all the old 8-bit Atari games, but it has a cartridge slot on the top, and it is so cool. It has all these crazy pastel colors on it. Doesn't it come with a light gun, too? Yep, came with a light gun, and this one came in the box. So box, oh, light man. gun, the cartridges, which I still have, like one of them is Bug Life. Um, it was the, the, the cartridges that came with the console, the console itself, and then the keyboard, all in the box. And he was like, I, you know, I don't know. I don't even know if it completely works. You know, you can have it for a hundred bucks. Love it. And I was like, cha-ching, pulled out a hundred bucks, gave it to him, took it home. It looks like it was never used. I mean, not a smudge on it. Perfect condition. And I still have it to this day and I'm leaving it unmodded because I already have an eight, 800 yeah, XL yeah. Already, that's modded up the wazoo. I mean, every, every mod I can think of, I've crammed into that thing, but this one, the XEGS I'm leaving completely pristine. So it is still like it is out of the box. So that's, that would be the last really like deal that I thought, Oh man, I, I got a smoking deal on this thing. So, and, and, if I can uh, ask, do you know what they're going for nowadays? I have no idea. I have no idea. But I know I saw one at that time for about like 175 and it didn't have the light gun or anything like and it that. Wasn't it was perfect. And yeah. No. I remember seeing one a while, and this is a while back in a retro store. In yeah. fact, in, in um, Tennessee, of all places, uh, when I was over there on vacation. And, um, yeah, yeah, and I remember seeing it for eighty bucks, and in hindsight, I'm like, man, I wish I just would have bought that. I think they, I, I'm gonna have to add one of those to my collection eventually. They're cool, They're really They're cool looking. I, yeah, you know, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go with, even though it doesn't work, I'm gonna go with my Fairchild Channel F. Like yeah. for, for twenty bucks, not working, and it still doesn't really work. But just have it there on the shelf. But I mean, there it is. That's it. Realistically, even if it was working, I'm not gonna play a ton of it. But just as a piece on the shelf and to be able to tell the history behind the first cartridge-based system and uh you know you know what it's it's black history month eric it's february so i'll talk about it yeah that 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 system was uh absolutely uh the brainchild of uh you know i I need to look up his name now so i can give him full credit we got to give him the respect he deserves because i know ben jedwards on twitter has done a i think he did an interview before he died with the guy who yes he did he absolutely did and uh just this dude deserved a lot more credit than what he received um, because this was the, I, I think it was the very first console that had swappable cartridges in it. Right. Yeah. It's the first one. Yep. Cartridge based system. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So there were game systems. In fact, I have a bunch that came before it, but they had all the games built in and you usually had a dial to like dial in the game but this one had interchangeable cartridges, which, if you think about it, just started sparked a whole paradigm of video game. And so is G- Gerald Lawson, right? Gerald yeah. Jerry Lawson, there he is, right there. Yeah. yeah. So, very cool. And uh, yeah, it's a you know a name you, that we did, obviously didn't remember off the top of our head because it's not one you hear about there very very often. But um, yeah. originally priced at one hundred and seventy dollars, Eric. So look, I got a deal, no matter how you look at it. <laughs> and exactly. it's funny because i love it because it's got that classic 70s like wood grain vibe with the dark plastic smoke covered you know cover and everything and yep. then all the cartridges are bright yellow <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> Which I think is cool. I love that co- color combo, the wood paneling with the yellow, because yep. I had a Pinto, a Pinto station wagon with that motif. You had a Pinto uh, station wagon. Wow. Absolutely. I absolutely did. 1978 Pinto station wagon, wood panel on the side, yellow. That's awesome. Yep. Um, now, um, do you do you think that console you might try to punt like to Frank to fix? You know, I'm thinking about it now. I tried it, my hand at it, and I don't know. You know, it's, yeah, I, I might if he if he's down, he, I might. You might want to ask him because he's offered to take that um, that that uh, Telstar triangle thing that the Retroist, the guy from the Retroist podcast, gave me this awesome console, and I tried everything I could to fix it. And now it's in the box of broken dreams, and I want to send that and try to get it working so right, we're gonna we're gonna put a box together because um i don't want to send too much stuff but uh I, I would love to get that thing working and i have a number of things i want to order so when he sends it back he can send it all to us so eric that's yeah. a good segue why, why who is frank exactly frank is from retro rewind.ca and he is a guy that is an expert in fixing equipment building equipment making equipment everything like he just does everything and you should send your business his way for sure although he only advertises commodore any commodore uh computer and uh the tandy coco line of computers is what he advertises but correct he's gone out of his way to to go after some other stuff that he's confident in so yep yeah show sponsor retro rewind.ca couple of quick items I just want to point out uh, that he has for sale. I should say they have, right? It's a company. Uh, a freeload cartridge. Now, Eric, we were just looking at this because uh, a lot of people do make fast load cartridges, and they've got a great-looking one here with a great Retro Rewind uh, C... No, not CA, but Retro Rewind logo on it. Um, and it adds a few extra abilities that most cards don't. Uh, in addition to being a standard fast-loading cart, kind of like the Epix mm-hmm. Fast Loader, and it's a clone of the Epic's fast load cartridge, to be exact. Yeah, with bug fixes and support for the SD2 IEC, the Pi fifteen forty one, and good old floppy drives. And it, honestly, if you don't, ha- if you have a Commodore and you're, and it, you know, it takes you know sometimes minutes to load a game, and you don't have one of these, like I had to learn about this thing. You plug this thing in the back, your games now load up in five, ten, maybe fifteen seconds, rather than five, ten, fifteen minutes. Um, you got to have one of these. This is a great looking one, but it also adds some abilities such as a, mali- a machine language monitor, a disc editor, disc operation tools, a system reset button, which is a legit thing you need to have. So they don't have to keep switching hard off on, on your Commodore. And this yep. is very unique. I haven't seen this and this is, would come in handy. Uh, a physical switch to disable the freeload, because as I learned, Eric, and as you, you have told me, um, some games just don't run when there's a fast load in there and you have to unplug that thing and like pull it out from where you're using it, unplug it, start the game, plug it back in later sometimes. Now you can just leave it in the back and turn it on and off as as you want. It's basically the games that already have their own fast loader built in do not like the external fast loaders. So one other cool thing you might not know that he sells are a little, a little, a uh, couple clips, posts, and standoffs for your Commodore 64, uh, so that you know, as the old brittle plastic fails, um, there's little devices that basically hold up the structural integrity of your Commodore 64 case. And um, if you see these things, you'll and you've opened your Commodore 64, you'll know exactly where these things fits to um, 
keep it structurally sound. So pretty cool. Something that you might want to throw in an order with something else because I know I have a couple of Commodore 64 cases with broken uh, posts. And, uh, you know, I'll probably order one of each of these sets just to have them uh, because they're going to, I need them now and I'll probably need them later. (laughs) Absolutely. So again, that is uh, RetroRewind.ca, and please go ahead and uh, use code PG10 to save 10% on your order when you go there. That's right, PG10 as in Pixel Guide in 10. And Eric, we have one more exciting thing we have to talk about before the end of the month here. Well, yes, in fact, we do. We 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 want to give away some a twenty five dollar gift card, right? Twenty five dollars of Frank's money to RetroRewind.ca, and we're going to do that. Uh, by going ahead and on March 5th, we're going to look at our current list on that day of Patreon subscribers uh, and go ahead and throw in a roulette and just spin it randomly and see who it lands on to receive that $25 gift card. So if you're not a Patreon subscriber, we'd love to have you on board. And uh, March 5th, if you are one, you will be eligible to win that gift card. So let's give some show information uh, actually, we got one more quick question. <laughs> one more quick question, Eric. Sure. Now, one thing I noticed that Tim Drew, I think, is dialing in. Should we let him in, though? Do we really want to let, let him, him in? in? Tim, are you there? He may have walked away and gotten some coffee or something. He like, Tim? No, I am here. Tim! How, how long have you been listening? Hello, everyone. How long have you been listening, <laughs> you creeper? <laughs> <laughs> I saw him waving his hand on there, and I was like, oh, we got to get him in here. So uh, I joined with my mic on mute just in case you guys were still in the middle of the show. Oh, and, we are. We're, and we we're... absolutely are. But we can just keep on rolling, 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 as uh, roll. Fred Durst likes to say. And we, 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 we can get your, your opinion on the quick questions here, too. So let's, let's, do let's do that. We've got one more quick question from me. Um, your opinion on games, typically mobile or quote-unquote free-to-play, and your kids wanting to spend real money on in-game currency. Anybody want to take that one? Let's let Tim start with this so we can get a little bit of Tim's rich voice. Mm, Tim. Well, (laughs) um, yeah, the only real experience, I guess, of this is recently um, is uh, what's the darn thing called? Um, I can't think of it now. Um, All the kids play it now. Roblox. Minecraft. (laughs) Roblox, that's the one. (laughs) um yeah danica uh plays a bit of roblox um yeah. not as much as she'd like to because i limit her time on it because i'm evil mm-hmm. good dad <laughs> good dad um but um yeah she she wanted to put some real world currency into roblox and i'm like nah um because she had a bad experience already on there just from i don't know some of the rare eggs or whatever yep. it is that they collect on there um mm-hmm. and someone scammed her on that and she learned learned pretty quickly that way um so no we don't really do any um any Im- investment in money on uh roblox or anything like that one thing that she does like is doing dlcs um on the switch so she bought the the latest one for animal crossing um and uh, i think did you guys cover the mario kart stuff in the news we did oh, you know it yeah um so yeah she's absolutely stoked for the mario kart updates <laughs> um she said can we buy it now can we buy it now no it's not available yet <laughs> you gotta wait first yep. one's i think in march isn't it yep yep next month yep yep next month um so yeah that's 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 me on that one um Eric. what about you guys Cody, you want to take it or you want me to go 
Go for it. Okay. So I'm the opposite of Tim. I'm a bad parent. And, <laughs> and I, I have this philosophy where like, like I don't give the kids money, but if they get money through earning it through chores or through gifts for Christmas, I don't really um, tell them how to spend their money. So if they want to buy in-game stuff and that's how they want to spend their money, I don't stop them from doing that. So um, over the years, I have had all my kids. So starting with my oldest, Sam, he would buy like new shoes and uniforms and stuff for his players in NBA um, 2K, whatever the year was. <laughs> I mean, he would buy the most ridiculous stuff in there, like literally like new uniforms, new shoes, this kind of stuff. And that, if that's the way he wanted to spend his money, that's the way I let him spend his money. And then that trickled down to my daughter who buys all the Sims packs. She has spent probably three or $400 on the Sims games. Wow. But she loves it. And she loves buying all the new DLC that comes out. And she also, when she was younger, played Roblox. And she wanted money. And she would say, hey, I can buy 500 coins for 10 bucks or whatever it is. And I'd be like, are you sure you want to spend your money this way? And that's how she wanted to do it. And I would let her do it. And so I'd open up these accounts and have to transfer money into it. So I, I let them spend their money the way they want. And it hasn't really bit us. The only weird story I have about it is one day my son was buying currency for one of the NBA games and he accidentally um, bought the pack that was, I think it was 499 real dollars. Jeez. And he bought that and then he realized that he thought something went wrong with the game, but he may have hit the wrong button or something. And this is where like, I let him just kind of, I attached my visa to his Xbox account and um, it charged me for that amount. And it was, they, they called it VC and he had like, I mean, a hundred thousand VC points or whatever he could spend. And, um, I called Microsoft and they did reverse it. They were like, Hey, this happens all the time. You get one chance here. No big deal. And I reversed it and it was all good. And my son felt really, really bad about it. He didn't mean to do that. It was not his yeah. idea to do that, but um, he was scared like that. It was going to just like kill him or whatever, you know, like I was just going to beat him for that. But I was just like, <laughs> well, it's not, it's not that big of a deal, but I did have to reverse that. And then I did decouple my visa from that. Yeah, but the yeah. funny thing is he didn't, after that, he didn't want to have anything to do with it. He was like, I don't want to make that mistake ever again. And yep. nice. he stopped by, he would just buy VC through the gift cards at GameStop. Like you could buy one in cash and then apply the gift card. And so that's the way I made him buy it after that. Anyway, that's my experience with it. So I'll be quick about it. My, my thing is I don't like, in-game currency i don't like paying for stuff that doesn't do anything for you mm -hmm. um i know my i want my girls to learn that lesson but i don't want them to blow their own money and have a huge cry fit so i don't mind dlc dlc is one thing because dlc typically is you're paying for something and when you pay for it you get it and that's you get what you paid for so that's not an issue to me but all the free-to-play stuff where you're buying coins or paying money to get more turns in the day you're like no i, I want you girls to be able to buy a game you like and play the game you bought like that's how things work in my mind that's what i think is i'm kind of in, instilling my own morals on them but like that's how trade works that's how commerce works you buy something you get it and i don't want them to think it's okay to have all these manipulative 
things uh, available and have them buy into it and learn the hard way. Now, they knew, do need to learn the hard way, so I am actually kind of thankful for Roblox because even though I've never given them a penny and I don't let anybody else give them a penny to pay real money for stuff, they have put in a lot of time trying to save up in-game currency just through playing the game and then having people scam them out of it. So they're learning very, very often. They've come to tears multiple times about scammers and how things can be too good to be true and the yep. games people play. And so I think they're actually getting good life lessons in there, honestly. So. Exactly. That's that's the yeah. way I see it as well. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're learning some lessons within a safe-ish environment, I suppose. Safe-ish in, in, Safe-ish, yeah. You can get show information on our podcast at pixelguiden.com. You can also listen to our show on the Amigos Retro Gaming Network at anchor.fm forward slash Amigos podcast. You can reach us on Twitter using at pixel underscore guiden. You can reach Eric at the project. That's at D-U-H-P-R-O-J-E-C-T. And you can reach Cody at oddball which is at oddba1149 you can also reach me that's tim at sanxion and that's at s-a-n-x-i-o-n please review us on itunes or apple podcasts or any of the other podcatchers that you use it really helps us out you can email us on podcast at pixel guiden.com and we love any feedback and also please let us know if we've done anything wrong and we'll mention it on the next show we also have a patreon account set up so if you wish to support the show financially you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pixel you can support us with as little as a dollar all the way up to infinite dollars If you do so, you'll get access to the Amigos Retro Network Discord server, where all kinds of cool chat is happening about not only our show, but the other shows, such as Bright Castle and, of course, the Amigos, um, amongst other shows. And there's various other topics in there, um, everything from for sale to music to uh, high score contests, things like that. If you support us at the $3 or more tier, we like to announce every supporter at that level here on the show in a way that we can only do here on Pixel Guide and using our random adjective generator. Please also remember that this month we will be giving away a $25 gift certificate on RetroRewind.ca if you are a Patreon subscriber. So hop on now if you want to be entered. The drawing will happen on March 5th. But this month, we're heading back to the 1990s for some good alternative rock. Pushy Dustin Newell and the eminent Matthew Ackerman The zonked out Daniel James and the teeny Eric Sandgren The lovely David Vincent and the dry ten minute meager retro cast The smiling Roy Fieldine and the pricey Mr. Toast the deafening Maché Pusnowski and the flowery Paradroid. The various Ramo K, Ramo K, the fitting and stiller. Pixel got it! Patreon song! 
Matsuyama, the gusty Gary Heather, the unnatural Brian Arsenault, and the yummy Pajaku, numberless Jason Holland, the spotty Mark Scott, and the tender legend animation, and the receptive Vammy West. Thanks for got Thank you very much. And keep in mind, if you want to be joined on our uh, Patreon call-out, where I sing so beautifully lately, uh, go ahead and hop on and uh, sign up. Also, you get the opportunity to win that $25 RetroRewind.ca gift card, which we will be selecting a winner from the Patreon list on March 5th, we decided. News to Tim. Now, Now Tim knows. And... We're going to use that, that money. Not, not like we need to tell you guys where the money goes, because you usually yeah. just, we're honest, it goes into beer. Uh, but we're going to be using that money, hopefully, to do two things. Go to some gaming expos, or gaming expo, and uh, Eric and I want to see Tim in person one of these days. Yes. You know, finally. <laughs> it's not a pretty sight. You're better off with virtual. Let's leave it <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if we're going there. It's cheaper to bring Tim here, so maybe we'll do that. I don't know. We'll see. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cody's Corner for the month of February 2022. I wanted to do a quick little segment here where I simply address... um, So I think I mentioned it in the past, but there is a a segment of the retro crowd that I've heard say these things. Um, And while I, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinions, I have a very different opinion that I just wanted to give. And basically what the, uh, the topic at hand is... Um, you've heard a lot of these more old school retro guys talking about how there's no good games anymore and there's nothing as good as retro. Um, and so we only play the games that we remember as kids or they only play the games, you know, that were made pre a certain era because there's no good games anymore. And I I would say the majority of people don't disagree or don't agree with that, but there is a heavy enough, uh, percentage of retro enthusiasts that do feel that way. And so, very simply, I just wanted to quickly list this month a number of classic games that I love and modern alternatives, which I feel do a great job of creating that retro vibe, um, creating essentially a sequel that feels like the original with maybe a tweak or two, you know, not completely changing the formula, but, um, you know, providing that same experience. And guess what? They're brand new games with modern developers who get credit for it so in the spirit of what i'm doing here i want to make sure all these games are available on modern uh consoles uh switch ps4 xbox or steam or usually you know multiples um 
as much as I do love modern games on retro hardware, it kind of goes against the concept of what I'm talking about here, which is that it's worth owning new consoles because there's great stuff for it that are very retro. And again, uh, money goes towards new developers who make these new games. So I want to come uh, right out the gate with, um, let's just go with an old classic side-scrolling shmup, right? Uh, Gradius is a well-known Konami shooter that we all played a ton of with the cool Gradius um, system, you know, getting options and getting uh, extra weapons and stuff by going up the chain and selecting which weapons you'd like. Well, if you dig that and you want kind of a modern take on that, may I suggest to you a game called Satasius. Now, this is a game that is very much Gradius. It has a... A, a feel to it, I would say that uh, when it first starts, similar to like a 16-bit era Gradius game, maybe like a Gradius 3 or something like that. However, no slowdown here. Um, very colorful, uh, very um, very Gradius. Uh, even the bosses are these large ships that have uh, these like laser and bullet patterns that you'll recognize are of the the essence of Gradius. However, when you play this game, you also notice that there are sections of the game that become kind of R-typey. Um, they kind of have more puzzle elements. They're a little uh, less freeform and more, um, you know, you kind of have to know what's going on. Uh, you, you would also you could also say there's there's some segments that are kind of Darius-y. They kind of mashed up all of the side-scrolling, you know, classic arcade mega hits into one game here with the you know the first and most prevalent layer being Gradius. Awesome game. Technically came out in 2011, developed by a company called Astroport. And I think there's different publishers based on which system you get it on. You can get it as part of the Shmup collection um, along with... Um, oh, shoot. What are the other games on that? Uh, it's like Wolf Armed 7 and Wolf Flame, I believe. Um, and you can get that on, on Switch, actually, physical... Or you can download it. It regularly, regularly goes on sale for, you know, five or six bucks, something like that. So great pickup if you're looking for a side-scrolling shmup. Now, the next genre of game I'm going to jump on into is one of my favorites on the NES. That is a Contra-style game. Uh, Contra, of course, being a run-and-gun, also made by Konami. And, uh, you know, a couple of dudes just blowing things away, running across the screen, and... Uh, Dodging bullets originally very hard when you first play it until you kind of start re- catching on to the patterns, things like that. Um, so maybe you want your Contra fix, right? Well, I would suggest a game called Super Cyborg. Now, this is a brilliant implementation of a very Contra-style game. Uh, even the sound effects, music, everything uh, is made to sound as if it were just another Contra game on the NES. I would say the graphics are a little higher end. They they look more like uh, Super Contra on the Super NES, but uh, very much the the feel of the game, um, the sound effects and everything, and the uh, just the look of things is very much NES. Um, just a little higher resolution. Now this game is it's just a brilliant love letter to Contra, uh, with the difference being that you are a cyborg, a robot, which I guess is really what you are in the um, in the European version of the game, Grizor, right? When they called it Grizor instead of Contra. Um, but you're shooting these grotesque, disformed alien monster things that I guess maybe they took over the world. It's been a while since I played it, so I don't recall. But um, 
all of the weapons that you're you're used to are here your spread gun your lasers and uh plus a few more and then there's a few uh, you know quality of life enhancements that make this uh you know in better better to me than a contra game of course the nostalgia of contra always went out for me but um simple things like if you beat a stage you can save and so you're not playing from the beginning of the game every single time you can you know, it's not any easier than Contra, but you can save as you go, so you don't have to go beat the first three levels every time you try to, you know, want to try to take on level four again. Uh, there's also a lock on and lock off uh, mode uh, while you're playing. You can um, lock your gun in a position while you run around, so that you're not always trying to, you know, jump and then press down and shoot down kind of a thing, or hold up while you're running backwards. There's some some uh, some changes there that that help make the game you know, a little more playable, but ultimately it's just brilliant. Uh, great level design, amazing creature design, super fun game. If you love Contra, you will absolutely love this game. Um, I might have to go back and play it. Actually, I'm watching a video of it right now and it's super cool. And you know what? I was about to move on, but I, I, you guys have to hear this music and how well it represents the original Contra. So I'm going to play a little bit of the music for you. You'll hear some of the shooting and sound effects as well. So let's say you're looking for a Castlevania Symphony of the Night style game. Well, of course, you could go with your, uh, you know, the tried and true, the, the very popular Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which is a brilliant game uh, considered, you know, a spiritual sequel to Castlevania Symphony of the Night, if you will. Um, however, I want to draw your attention to another game that didn't get quite as much love and hype as the Bloodstained series, and that is a game called Time Spinner. Now, Time Spinner is a, a very cool game released on lots of different platforms at this point that you can pick up for a, a pretty low price. Uh, but it is a great, uh, if I remember correctly, it was like an eight, nine hour adventure. It definitely has the vibe of a Castlevania Symphony of the Night style game, complete with, you know, the map, which by the way is in the corner all the time for you on this one. So you don't have to go to a start menu. Um, you know, the dark foreboding kind of castle feel. Uh, the music is that cathedral orchestral dark uh, very, you know, it feels like a Castlevania type of game. Uh, but there's a little twist, and that is that you are a time spinner, so you can go forward and backwards in time. Now, you don't do that on the fly. It's kind of part of the storyline. Uh, but you're this this girl. This, she has blue hair, and she has these two orbs that spin around her, and those orbs are how she attacks. And they attack in front of her uh, kind of like a sword or a whip, whipwood, you know, a, a certain range, kind of like a Castlevania game. Uh, and as you're playing through the game, the orbs... Uh, you can upgrade them to these different, you know, red or blue or or green or silver. And depending on which uh, what color you have your orb selected at that time, it does a different sort of attack. And, of course, as you get different attacks, you can open different parts of the levels. Uh, you can gain, you know, different abilities and things to, to go back and, and find different access points that you couldn't before, which is a true, you know, Castlevania Symphony of the Night style game or Metroid style game or Metroidvania, if you want to say that. Uh, you also have these little familiars, these little like dragon guy that uh, that floats around behind you and uh, allows you to have some extra moves and stuff that he can provide. But ultimately, it's, this is a brilliant game. It looks, you know, really nice. Um, it almost it almost looks like um, 
it's got all the feel of a Castlevania game, but it's got the kind of rounded off feel of almost a, a, a high-end turbo graphics game. I really like the way it looks. It plays excellent. And uh, honestly, I enjoyed this one almost as much, if not just as much, as Bloodstained. So give Time Spinner a chance as well. Now, let's say you are into, uh, again, I'm going to say it, Metroidvanias, but you want a true Metroid-style game. Well, then you're going to have to give The Mummy Demastered a shot. This is a game by WayForward, a brilliant developer in my opinion. I've talked about them a lot on the show. Uh, They are responsible for most of the recent Shantae uh, games, as well as a bunch of other great stuff we talked about. And this is loosely based on uh, a movie that came out a while back called The Mummy. Um, But it is a true Metroid-style game, if that's your bag. You are this space marine looking guy going up and down, you know, vertical shafts with the platforms, you know, di- you know, placed back and forth up and down the shafts, just like in Metroid. Um, cool bosses, bats and spiders and gigantic screen filling uh, foes like a, this dragon I'm looking at right here. It also has the map on the screen uh, in the bottom right this time. Uh, as you build the map, you can you can see it down there with your, you know, your typical Metroid blue shafts and red. If there's something of interest there, um, things of interest like save points or places where you can refill your health or uh, places of note where you've seen uh, you know a, a a capsule or something that's going to give you an upgrade, but you haven't figured out how to get to it yet. Things like that. You are attacking everything creature-wise. Um, including mummies as the name of the game does show uh it's kind of this weird like you're you're the the space marine going into this ancient place where eventually you're fighting like these knights um undead knights and things i don't recall the story it's been a while since i played it but absolutely brilliant game and the one gameplay tweak that they made to like a a typical super metroid because this is very much a super metroid 16-bit style game is that you're also able to grab uh, the ceiling. And when you grab the ceiling, you can shoot below you and stuff. Uh, you kind of hang hang from it. Uh, and a couple other cool upgrades that just make it feel that much different, but not too much different from, uh, like, Super Metroid. Awesome game. Got to try that one out. Now, let's say you grew up with a different type of running gun. You grew up with Turrican. You've got to try Gunlord which is uh, a game that actually originally came out on the Dreamcast, but now it's being ported to everything. Very much, very much a Turrican game. It's one I need to give more time to. I haven't played a ton of it, but um, super cool. Very turrican y It even has the, you know, the little laser that you can shoot out in front of you and then just kind of whip all around you to hit all the enemies as they come in. Um, I'm going to burn through a few more here. I loved the original ice hockey game on the NES growing up. Now, this game is not, that I'm about to talk about, is not a kind of pixel-for-pixel remake version of that game. It is that game on steroids, and that game is called Super Blood Hockey. Eric and I played a ton of this one night and uh, talked about it on the show before, but it it is, if you can imagine, the original NES ice hockey, but widescreen, you're a little zoomed further out, so your guys are smaller on the screen, although they're still only made up of a few pixels. Uh, the action is fast and intense and fun, and there is little red pixels of blood that fly all over the place. In fact, you can dial in the amount of blood you want to experience during the game. It actually is kind of viscerally offensive at first until you kind of get used to it. Um, 
but very, very, very cool game. Uh, let's say you're into, we already talked about a side-scrolling shmup, but maybe you're into the bolt hills, like the Dodon Patches or some of the cave games of the past, these massive Japanese arcade vertical scrolling shmups. There's a whole bunch you can choose uh, choose from, but, but if we had to pick one, I think Eric and I would both agree that Crimson Clover, uh, which just came out on the Switch as well, but is available in other things, is a must-have shmup that just makes you feel powerful you you're in there it's not an easy shmup but it's also not terribly hard there's probably more bullets than almost any other game that i can think but as you're playing it um you're blowing things up these combos and numbers are flying all over the screen it's just it's a a, a attack on the senses but what's cool is even though you're like there's no way i'm going to get through all these bullets um as you shoot things you build up this meter and you can use that to basically um counter all the bullets that you hit for a short period of time so you don't have to dodge all the bullets you can dodge until your meter fills up and blow everything away watch just tons and tons of golden points rain on you and it feels so satisfying and the music's thumping and um just crazy amounts of colors on screen just a a crazy exciting experience i have to throw that one in here as well now i can go on uh over and over again here until i'm blue in the face telling you how many amazing games are that i think are worth playing that are retro inspired uh very much retro games that are new that you should go out and try uh just know that regardless of the genre if you're one of these people who think that we need to just stick with the oldies and there's nothing good don't kid yourself don't lie to yourself there's amazing stuff out there and if you really haven't found it hopefully this guide helps um if you want zx spectrum style games they're out there um there's one called Princess Rem- Re- Remedy, I believe it was. If I remember, I played it was f- super cool. Uh, if you if you're looking for point and click like LucasArts style adventures, uh, Gibbous. I just played Gibbous. Uh, this Cthulhu, you know, kind of themed one. It's all this stuff that's out there to play. Uh, Game Boy themed games that feel and look like a Game Boy um, puzzle games, modern puzzle games that are new puzzle games just like they could have been back then, but they're new now, uh, you know, and they're made in the style you want, the aesthetic you want. Some some aren't, but they're still great games that are made for short, quick gameplay like old games were. All these things exist, and guess what? Even better is we don't need to pay huge AAA companies like an EA or or a Rockstar or whatever to to make them. They're, they're made by one or two-person teams now, um... And those people, you know, get a lot more bang for their buck when you buy their stuff. So check it out. Go out there. Um, if you really want to send the show an email asking for specific uh, games similar to ones that you, you've you played in the past, you want, I would love to answer those kind of things uh, to the best of my ability, uh, knowing that there's hundreds of thousands of games that have come out in the last few years. There's going to be something out there for you. So Keep on trying, keep on playing, and if you find anything amazing or if you know of anything that just hits the nail on the head that I should bring up on next month's show, as a Rada, just, hey, I missed this perfect gem, let me know. I'd love to hear it. Send us a, a Twitter message or an email. I appreciate it, and I'll talk to you guys next month. Um, let's, go ahead and, let's go ahead and grab our beer uh, for the episode, Eric. Oh, yes. This is the part I look forward to. So I've got uh, a delicious cold beer here that Eric chose. Uh, Tim, just so you're aware, I went and bought the same beers that Eric already bought. So we're only uh-huh. doing we're only doing one beer a show here. Otherwise, it's just getting too unwieldy. 
We're not uh, drinking one beer. We're just sharing one beer, but then we'll have another one that we provide ourselves. Yeah. I literally yeah. take a sip, then I drive it down to Elk Grove and give it to Eric, then he takes a sip, and then I come back up here, and then I take a sip. <laughs> we're sharing the beer. So let me tell you about this one because it's a funny story. It's from Tioga Sequoia Brewing Company. It's called California 99, which is a big highway here. Golden Ale. Um, it is just a golden ale. Now, the whole reason why I bought this, and I hope it's good, is because there were six tall boys. Okay, that's unheard of. Usually it's four tall boys in a pack. <laughs> this is six tall boys for seven ninety nine. Yeah. So you're buying in bulk. So there's 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 a there's a red flag already there, isn't there? It's a red flag. You're you are right there, Tim. You are right. But but that's like Bud good. that's like Bud Light levels price levels now. Seven ninety nine for six beers, and they're tall boys, and it's a microbrew. Yep. But if it's good, this is the deal of the century. Uh, this is yeah. not this is not untrue. Well, let's, I hope it's good. If it's not good, then it's not the deal of the century. But. Now, um, I have to point out this brewery apparently is in Fresno, California. It is Tioga, <laughs> Tioga Sequoia Brewing Company. Um, Eric with his trademark woof. 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 <laughs> uh, but it is kind of cool because if, if you're from California, it, it shows the 99 from Bakersfield yeah. down here. A little yep. map of all the all the valley cities. We call them valley cities. All the way up to Lodi, which yep. is a Credence Clearwater song. You know, stuck in Lodi again. That's right. Um Stockton's on there, Modesto. All of the cities that when you drive through are just brown and smell like cows. They're all on here. Yep. Um, and all the, this, all the cities I used to work in. So, hey. Yeah. If this do. is good, it's going to be the steal of the century. If it's bad, it's going to be it's gonna be horrible. Cheers. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. Cheers, guys. What are you drinking, Tim? Some coffee? Coffee. Coffee, good. Caffeinated. Although your coffee, seat. your coffee cup we, looks we like get a, a woof after Eric what? drinks it. <laughs> your coffee cup looks like a um, uh, a leg warmer from a girl in like an '80s workout video. Yeah, this is a um, this is actually my wife's because my one of these is has done its time. <laughs> <laughs> when I see your mug on the picture there, Tim, I think Xanadu. <laughs> Did we say the name of the beer? By the way, it's Golden Ale. Golden Ale. Or California ninety nine Golden Ale. And it says Echo in El Valle, which means valley, right? It means made which, in the valley. Made in the valley. So Echo is made. See, I know I know stuff. There you go. Cheers, so familia. Does it suck or not suck? <laughs> That's the question. That's the main so it's, I would I would say it's a Mexican style lager, kind of. Yes, I would it's not agree nearly with as that strong word. as the last couple we've had. Nope. It's not so offensive. You got a line with that one then. It's not offensive. It's not the greatest beer I've ever had. So since it says ninety California nine, Highway ninety nine out of ninety nine uh, small valley towns, small valley towns that smell would, of brown. What would you rate it, smell Cody? Brown. You know, it's it's for seven ninety nine. It's very drinkable. The fact that the price is Absolutely. so low makes me yeah. want to raise the score. I would rather have would these rather than have Bud Light. They're delicious. They're tall. They're big. They're local supporting. You're getting but, your money's worth. But purely as the beer itself, I would say it's a very decent, drinkable yeah. lager. I'll give it a 72 out I'm of 99. Just, I'm going to give it 70. Yeah, it's good. It's not a I'll bad go in drinkable. The then and give it 71. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Dude, 7.99 for six tall boys. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> and you got that deal too, right? Cody? Yep. Well, I went to the exact same place you bought it for. I went to the Elk yeah. Grove Total Wine today. 
Yeah. So yeah. pretty amazing. So I found I found a deal. So this is a good beer for seven ninety nine. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Boom. Okay, so let's get on with the show here. We got a show to do. We Sorry, do have I a show we to do. Just <laughs> and more importantly, we have a game show that I Yay! put together. Woohoo! Which I stole the concept from Eric because it was just such a cool concept. And my game show is called Combo Breaker. Yeah. Do you want me to play a little techno music? Are you going to put music under it this time? No, I'll just play a little little segment here. Okay, here let's go. try it again. Let's try it. Combo Breaker. All right, that's enough. Good morning, Tim. His eyes opened up with that. <laughs> Eric's got his mixing de- working then. Uh, I do, I do. <laughs> All right. All right, gentlemen. So, just like Eric's version of the combo breaker, slight rule change to make Ooh, it more, more, m- a little closer. Okay. All right. So, I, cha- <laughs> I changed Eric's rules. <laughs> what cat sound does Eric like to say on the show? Um, meow. Uh... What, so basically, what swear will we have to edit out today oh, from Eric? That's true. That doesn't start with wazoo. So, I have three segments here. Each one is five, one of them six questions, five to six questions. For each one you guys get right, you get a point. The next one's worth another point. So, first one you get is one, then two, then three, then four. Not exponential, just one more point. Okay. If you miss one, Combo breaker, right? Combo right. is broken. Combo is broken. I'm gonna have to ask you guys to to keep your scores. Okay. I don't have enough hands to do all this. Um, but do you lose so, all your points, or you just get what you get, and then you don't get you, any more? You get a zero on that one. The next one starts at one again. Okay, fair enough. That sounds fun. And we'll go all the way through. Okay. All the way through. So the reason uh, I put this one together is because, pardon me. We haven't been terribly impressive with our game shows for, let's be honest, since the show started. Um, <laughs> we've got a lot of laughs. That part's been good. So is uh, it every answer burger time then? Uh, every I'm not going to tell you what game it is, but every answer is a burger-related question. Yes. No. <laughs> Pickles! So, so I went after I, I, some games or some uh, console-specific questions, but these are, in my opinion, easy and easy questions. That, that you should get. These are all the ones that anybody who's been collecting retro games for like two, three years would jump to and be like, "Did you know?" Blah blah blah. And of course, everybody in retro gaming goes, "Yeah, I know." This is this right? is setting, uh, Tim. Right, okay. Tim, <laughs> Tim, this is setting us up to be freaking Nincom. Yeah, this, this is setting up for the biggest fail ever. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, so it should be a quick game, and you might. Well, all right. So the first uh, one, uh, first set of questions, five questions, I believe here, have to do with the Nintendo Entertainment System. Well, that's me out already. Well, <laughs> I've right. right. never had one, Tim, as a Ute. Now, remember, I'm going to ask some questions that, that a lot of them are going to seem ridiculous, but whatever. <clears throat> okay. Right. Nintendo Entertainment System. There were some third-party carts made for the Nintendo Entertainment System mm-hmm. that came in black plastic. What company mm-hmm. made those games? Are we writing this down? Because I, I know this one, but are we writing it down or are we just saying You can it? just say three, two, one, and go. I mean, I don't know. Whatever. All right, I'll wait till Tim's ready. Are you ready, Tim? 
I, I can take a guess. All right. <laughs> Three, two, one. Ten. Code Masters. Ah, uh, it is. Uh, it is indeed Tengen. Eric. Oh, okay. Thank it is you. Tengen. So one to zero. Well, the Masters one, not black as well. So yeah, I know this is a, a the American NES thing. Codemasters, this is a fun fact. Codemasters, Codemasters actually made their own adapter, and then yeah, they, they made were, the adapter was still the cartridge. You put the gray cartridge into it. You put and, another cartridge it was still into black. It. Well, these are <laughs> <Ref>. all black. <laughs> nope, Tangan was the answer. <laughs> That's all right because you're going to catch up here, uh, gentlemen. So I have one two. point. One, one point. One to zero. Number Eric's two. On a combo. Question number two about the NES. Tengen was a pseudonym for another brand. What brand was Tengen actually? Who really? See? See? Everyone knows these. Everyone who's been doing retro games for like two years knows these answers, guys. Have they had three beers? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, two and a half. Two and a half. All right, should we do a three, two, one, go? Uh, three, two, one, and go. Fisher Price. Domark. Atari. Oh, now that you say that, I do know. Uh, I, yeah. yeah. It was Atari okay. making games for the Nintendo under the Tengen name. So my breaker has combo breaker. But so do my I have any points? Do I yeah. retain my one point? One to zero, yep, exactly. Okay, okay. but my next one's only worth one. All right. There is a game released in Japan under the name Doki Doki Panic, but it came out in the Western part of the world under a different name. Uh, what was the name? What was the no, name? I, I know this one. Um, <laughs> you do know this one. All right, I, I, I'll take a guess. Tim, you ready, ready with the guess, I guess? Or an answer, hopefully. <laughs> Just a guess. Three, two, one. Tetris. <laughs> Super Mario Brothers 2. Okay. I don't know why I didn't know that one. <laughs> Does that ring a bell now? To either of you? No, not for me. The actual Japanese Super Mario Brothers 2 is like the re- first Super Mario, but extremely difficult. And it was too difficult for Westerners to enjoy, so they took Doki Doki Panic, and they changed the sprite, so the main characters, to Mario, Luigi, the Princess, and Toad, and came out with Super Mario Brothers 2. Okay. I probably shouldn't have one. Wow, so one to zero still. See, we're all still in this. See, Tim, you still... You don't still zero. <laughs> all right, go ahead. All right, all right. And this one, this one, unless I misjudge, there are three known carts from the original days of the NES that were released in gold. Oof. There is the Legend of Zelda. Yep. There is the Adventure of Link, which is Zelda Two, and there is a third, very rare game that is also the most expensive game available for the Nintendo. What okay. game was that? I have an answer. It's partially a trick question. I'll give you that much more hint. Now, now, Tim, I'm going to answer this, and if Cody says I'm wrong, I have this freaking cartridge. No, you don't. And it is in gold. Oh, wow. Okay, then, then, so, I'm, then I'm wrong. So there might be two answers. Name one of the two cards, apparently. Okay, so anyway, Tim, do you have an answer? 
No, the only two I knew were were the um, the Legend of Zelda ones. So no, I've got no idea on this one. Okay, um, then I'm going to answer, Cody. What is this, it, Eric? Your 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 quiz maker skills. Here. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. The one I have that isn't gold is Micro Machines. Ah, and it is gold. Correct. That's what I was thinking the whole time, Eric. <laughs> well, what was your answer? I was thinking about the uh, the World Championship cart. The one that actually had the dip switches that they released only like 100 of during the Nintendo World Championships. But you're right. You're right. Yeah. If I had that one you're talking about, I wouldn't yeah. be here on this podcast. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be in the Bahamas in a freaking <laughs> somewhere. But I'll give you the point because you're right. I, I was trying to think, my rack my brain. I went online and looked up. I couldn't find any other cards. So, all right. Eric okay. has two. Okay. And the beginning of a new combo. Combo maker. Nice. All right. We're almost out of the NES stuff, Tim. I'm the combo breaker. There's a platformer that everyone likes to talk to who's into retro games because it was originally made to be a movie tie-in, but the movie tie-in fell through, so they ended up calling the game Journey to Silius. I've talked about it on the show. What game was Journey to Silius originally supposed to be? It would be a movie name, right? Yep, which movie tie-in? Don't break oh, that combo. No. Don't break that combo. I don't know. Don't start that combo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a feeling these NES ones might get you a little bit, but... Sorry, well, the but... truth is, like I, like I said, I never had a NES, and I didn't know anybody who had a NES back in the day. I shouldn't even say NES, right? It's NES. But we listen to podcasts. I, I hear this stuff on podcasts all the time. So I don't know this one. Right. Um, I, I can guess one. Three, two, one. Die Hard. Super Mario Brothers. Oh, t- Eric film. was close. Terminator. It was supposed to be Terminator. Terminator. Mm. All right. So I have two points from that combo, right? Or from that that segment. That segment. Only two did points. They do it. Oh, no. That was Terminator 2 they did, didn't they? They didn't do an original Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. So, now we're moving on to Sega's 16-bit system. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Sega's 16-bit system. <laughs> all right? Let's get some points on the board here. By the way, points would normally carry over in the combo, but you guys are both in the middle of being broken. Kind of like your yeah. box of dreams. So. <laughs> just just be honest. I suck. <laughs> all right, guys. Let's get some points here. Ready? Um, so, this you guys are each going to have a different answer here. Outside of your part of the world... What did they call the CD add-on for Sega's 16-bit system? System. System? System. What was the add-on called for Sega's 16-bit system CD add-on? Outside of your region. So in your case, Tim, what did they call it in America? In your case, Eric, what did they call it in Europe? Oh, right. Oh, okay. Yep. I want to make sure I understand the question. I don't want my question to to break your mind. All right. Three, two, one, go. Sega CD. So I was going to say the same. I don't know. Sega CD. Ooh, <laughs> Tim with the point Yay, the Tim scores. <laughs> I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's the Mega CD in Europe. Correct. Not oh, the Sega CD, the Mega, Mega CD. <laughs> I should have known that. All right. Tim's on the I'm board. And I blame the beer. Beginning of a new combo. Combo. All right. Now, this one I hope is the same worldwide. I believe it is. But Sega's 16-bit system... If you want to call it the Genesis or the Mega Drive, although the Genesis would be wrong. It's a stupid name. 
It is a stupid name. Came with, uh, originally came with a packing game that was not Sonic. What game was it? The, wait, wait, wait. So the, I'm sorry, the US version came with a packing game that was I wasn't believe both Sonic. versions came, unless I'm wrong. So Tim might have to cor- correct me. I believe they have the same ones. <laughs> really did some research here. So, ready? Are we Last ready? battle. What'd you say? Last battle. Ooh, I don't Eric? know. That I'm going to say uh, Altered Beast. Wow. So so Altered Beast is correct in the United States. Tim, oh, you, really? Yeah. I, it, that, was the, on that. that was the packing <laughs> game in the United States. Okay. Tim, Tim are, you, are you confident with that one? Do I need to look it up? Was it different in the UK? Now Eric mentions that but I'm pretty sure Last Battle was also a packing game in the UK as well. But I, mm-hmm. I do remember mm-hmm. Altered Beast as well. Let's, let's, let's go we'll, with Eric. We'll, let's no, go we'll, with Eric. We'll My combo it, is broken. No, we'll call it good. We'll call it good. Let's, let's continue this on because I I'm don't know. I can, play some, I can play some techno music if you want to look it up. No, let, let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> let's just keep the combo going. Let's just, I'm, I'm feeling the combo. You guys both got a point. We're good to go. Uh, so, Eric, you are up to, you got, let's see. I you have got, three total, but now con- Tim is still continuing his combo. Yeah, Tim's got three total as well, because he's got two in a row. One, one, right. one point in two. So you're tied up now. Tied up now, Tim. All right. But okay. you're, All right. we're both in the midst of a combo, though. All right. All right. Ready? <clears throat> the next system after the CD add-on was the 32X. When it was in development, what was its name? Oh, I used to know these so well. All the all the code names. I gotta stop drinking mm-hmm, beer. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is it. It's my last beer. Until the next time. Alright, we ready to do a three, two, one? Yep. Three, two, one. Neptune. Venus. Mars. Oh, I'm sorry. Wow. I knew it was a planet, but I didn't. <laughs> Tim, we both broke the combos. No. <laughs> Cuckoo combo breaker. We're still 3-3. Three, three. All right. All but right. Now we're, we're starting on, on same footing here. All right. When the Genesis was released, Sonic had not come out yet for the Genesis. Therefore, Sega was rolling with a different mascot, what mascot? I can picture. I'm ready. I, 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 okay, I think I know what it is. Three, think. two, uno. Alex Kidd. Boy. Ooh, close, Eric, but yes, Alex Kidd yeah, is Alex the correct. Kidd was right. No, once he said it, I knew I was wrong, because that was the built-in game for the Master System. And it could have been Alex the Kid. <laughs> Alex <laughs> Kidd. No the. Tim, look at you. Look at you with your Xanadu mug. <laughs> <laughs> you you are ahead, four to three. I All am right. ahead, and you have the combo started. Yep. Okay. You have the combo started. All right, guys. This is, in my opinion, at least to me, this is the hardest one of this segment. So, once the second controller was released for the Sega Genesis and/or Mega Drive, they went from three buttons to six face buttons. You had ABC. You had XYZ or Z. See what I did there? And a lot of people don't even know, but there was one additional button on the controller that the first controller did not have. What was the name of that button? 
I'm feeling really proud of myself right now. Is it not a little round button on the on the shoulder to where the shoulder was? Don't tell Eric anything. But I don't know what it was called. Do I have a name for it? Because I I know what it is. I have it on my. uh, I have one of those controllers, but I don't know what the name of it is. I mean, it's a shoulder button. It's a stringy lorry. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna call it the shoulder button. I'll put it this. I'll I'll try to make it more fair than this way. Uh, You can tell me the name of the button, or tell me what it does. What does that button do, gentlemen? Uh, uh, Is it a portal into a different time and dimension where I'm better exactly. at answering rest questions? I don't know what it does. Oh. I can remember the button. I can't remember I thought, any. I, I thought it went to a menu or something. I don't Tim, know. Tim, do you remember the name of the button? No, I don't remember the name of the button. I can just remember it on there. The name of the button's going to probably give it all away. So I'm going to give that as a no to both you guys, even though I'm impressed that you remembered that there was a button up there. It is the mode button. Mode button. Okay. There were games that, when you use the six-button controller, were not expecting that kind of input and got all messed up. So you press the mode button, and it went back to three-button control. Uh Aha. Right. Okay. Yeah. So we're, we're still four and three, Tim, right? I believe that is the case. No combo. Once again, no super combos. super impressive to our listeners. All right, gentlemen, we move on to the 32-bit round. Ooh. <laughs> 32-bit. Um, you guys may or may not know this, but because you're retro video game aficionados, anodios, anodos, I'm sure you do. Did you know that Sony and Nintendo had a collaboration at one point in their careers, what was that collaboration going to be called? I'll give you a hint. It was a system that would play Nintendo cartridges and also CD-ROMs. Super Nintendo cartridges. Super Famicom, whatever you want to call them. And, and CD-ROMs. Sony and Nintendo. What was that device going to be called? Another hint. One recently, the only one in existence, recently sold at an auction for like twenty grand, something like that. Yeah, I remember it. I remember it too, but I thought it was. I mean, I'm just gonna say it. Okay, three, two, I one. Called, I thought it was called the PlayStation. That's what I thought it was too. Both Nintendo? of you are correct. It is the Nintendo PlayStation. Nintendo uh, PlayStation. <laughs> yep. Cool. So we start a new combo. Combo. Five to four. Combo started. All right. This is a follow-up question in in a kind of. It is a call-up question. So, a day before... um, How do I describe this? Sony and, uh, Sony and Nintendo were literally demoing this unit at the 1991 Consumer Electronics Show. A day before Nintendo, without Sony's knowledge, announced that they would be collaborating instead... With a completely different company. What company was that? I know what it is. So let me know what we're ready for. Hint. Ready? They, hint. They made the wrong choice. <laughs> yeah. Three, two, one, go. Silicon graphics. That's what I was going to say. Silicon graphics. But the fact that you guys both said that makes me doubt myself. It's Philips. Uh, that might be right because that was the CD, the the company that was building the first CD-ROM. 
they, I they, think we were thinking, Tim, I think we were thinking the N64. N64, yeah. No, so yeah, we're this, wrong. This we're is, both th- wrong. They were going to make the, the Sony and Nintendo PlayStation, and then without even letting Sony know their plans on stage to the world, they, re- they announced they're joining Philips to make nope, their that's next That's the system. right answer. Tim and I got it wrong, because I okay. now that you say that, I totally remember that. The, N- the Silicon Graphics was the collaboration with the N64. And thus created the amazing Philips CDI version of Mario. Yeah. Tim, you're still up. 5-4. And combo broken. All right, we only got three left. I can make it four if you need to. We'll see. Um, all right, here we go. Simple one, guys. Come on. <laughs> this wrong. Okay. On the Sony PlayStation, officially, according to Sony, there are four face buttons outside of, uh, you know, D-pad, start, select. They are circle, uh, triangle, square, and... Circle? What'd you say? Circle? Circle, triangle, yep. square, yep. and... I got it. X. X. Both of you are incorrect. I said the official button, and they call it cross. Oh. <laughs> that's stupid. I, it is with that question. But officially, that's what Sony calls it. It's the circle, I the triangle, the square, and the cross. I want to recount. <laughs> uh, um, 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 um. All right. Uh, gentlemen, what is the, the highest-selling game on the PlayStation 1? PlayStation 1. Not a trick question. It's a game. You know yep. the game. In fact, it's the highest selling game. What's it called? Um, I have I have an answer. I don't know if it's right, but I, I have an answer to what I think it is. <laughs> it's got to be an early title. Could yeah. be an early title. Mm. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm Three, ready. Three, two, one. Crash Bandicoot. Racer. I heard Crash Bandicoot. What was your sim? Ridge Racer. Oh man, you're on the right track. Gran Turismo. Gran Turismo. Oh, Gran wow. Turismo, of course. Damn it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> why did I not know that? Well, I knew that, but why did I not say that? Can we just play with Crash? I went, I went in too early. I went in too early. <laughs> All right, last question. Let's see if uh, I guess Tim's on top, right? So two, Eric, five, you might be four. able to you might five, be able to tie four. it up. Yep. On the original PlayStation. What was the purpose for the black on the bottom of their discs? Oh, I know. The bottom of of every CD was black. I have an an answer. I don't know if it's right, but just give us a countdown. Three, two, one. Copy protection. It is a DVD. What was yours, Eric? Copy protection. So every source that I looked up... And you can question those sources all you want. No, it's too early for It DVD. literally did nothing but look cool. Oh, right. And it does look there, cool. There was two different colors. There was the black and the blue, wasn't there? I know. I never saw a blue one. Two? I never saw a blue one, but they're clearly... The PlayStation 1 are all black. I thought it was so that... Because, I mean, that was some form of copy protection because regular CD players couldn't read it. You couldn't pop it in a PC and it plays because it had a, it was it was black. Have I you tried know. that? No, you know, I, I always heard that rumor, but everything I read online now says that was always that was always a rumor. They're like, it just looked cool. 
Yeah, I just made it up. <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking of PlayStation 2 because PlayStation 2 was DVD, wasn't it? And I thought the black on the, D- on the yeah, PlayStation, PlayStation 2 was DVD was... and blue was C- a CD-ROM, essentially. Mm. Tim, let me, I'm going to put my hand out virtually to you. You won, sir. Five to four. Look at you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't well, know whether it's congratulations, but it's just ra- a random set of points, <laughs> one higher than the other. <laughs> I'm so proud of you, Tim. <laughs> Guys, I have not been recording this whole time. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, Cody, I was gonna slap <laughs> you. Oh, I just double checked it. No, we are good to go. We got a game show, and it's recorded. So far, Yay. so good. Yay. And I won better, better <laughs> than last month. And you won exactly, Cody. Thank you very much. I enjoyed that because I won. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I guess it was my own head knowledge, so I, I assumed you'd get a lot more, but that's just because, uh, you know, you always you always think the stuff you know that everybody knows. But The only one I'm really ashamed of is the Phillips one, because I knew that. I, I knew that it was Phillips and their their collaboration with CD, trying to get CD technology out. I, yep. I, I just, that was just stupid on my I'm part. I'm ashamed of not remembering Micro Machines came on the gold cart. So, hey, that's on me. I'm ashamed of everything. <laughs> Tim's just ashamed. Even though he won, he's still ashamed, even when yeah. he wins. Uh, gentlemen, that is the game show, and I think now it is time for us to catch up. Catching up with Eric and Cody and Tim. And Tim. It's me. It's <laughs> me. So I've, I've got the first one here, haven't I? I think... Do the screen sharing because I don't know what we're looking yeah, at. Yeah, I'm, I'm got, I got my screen sharing up here. Make sure we are caught up when we caught up. Unless you guys have messed around since I last printed. Oh yeah, we have. We've tweaked oh, yeah. it. I don't, I don't know when you printed, but I did most of my. Uh, it was all last night. I did most of my notes like ten minutes before the show. Oh come on, <laughs> come on, open up here. And actually, I don't think I did a whole lot in catching up. Anyways, uh, Tim, go ahead with your first one because we're ready for you. Cody did his homework on the bus, as usual. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> Let's have a look. What have we got? Just quick scroll down. Scroll Go for down. yours. Go for yours. It's still loading up. Okay. All right. Well, this is one for everyone. Okay. All right. Um, so something we have mentioned, um, uh, especially on last month's episode, and uh, I placed the order for a physical copy for everyone. Yes. And it actually turned up yesterday in the nick of time. Nice. Bear with me. I want to see it. I am bearing. If you were to describe me right now, it would be bearing. Cody is bearing. Cody is bearing and dilated five centimeters. (laughs) 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 Technically not inappropriate. Well, no, it's inappropriate. It's technically not a, a curse, I guess. Okay, so here we go. Moving on. Three boxes. Ready very, to be opened. Very box-like. I yeah. will open one. Love it. Live to tape, as they call it. Yep. <laughs> Never understood that. Right, here we go. In fact, I'm going to stop sharing so oh. I can see you full screen here. Yeah, he is opening there. I heard the ripping of the cardboard. Oh, sweet. <laughs> the ripping of the... Fi- oh, my, I won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> and we have, for everyone listening... Rogue 64. Oh, that box looks amazing. (laughs) Great looking cover. Look awesome. That That is so awesome. 
Now, so we talk- for everyone, everyone listening, this is Rogue 64 by Badger Punch Software, um, published by Bitmap Soft. Um, it's a Commodore 64 roguelike, um, and it is a freaking awesome game, and I can't wait to play this. Now, the box is, uh, how can I say it, shiny. it's got sort of like um i don't know weird tentacles on the front that come out from the middle and there's a nice shiny uh jewel in the middle that actually shines it's kind of glittery it's really really nice this box is something else so let's open it up and so key thing here i was going to point out (laughs) because we talked about on the news uh i guess last episode that Sarah Jane Avery announced that Zetawing is now coming out on physical through Bitmap, Bitmap Soft as well. Mm-hmm. So expect yeah. that kind of quality for um, probably my favorite shoot 'em up on the Commodore 64 coming out. Wow! This uh, I, tell you what, I'm not going to show the rest of this because <laughs> you guys need to experience this for you for for the first time. So let me just say, it's lovely, lovely. <laughs> Can't wait, man. That's going to be it's awesome. lovely, guys. So there is a copy for each of you here. Is the cartridge um, purple? That's the question. I'll show you the cartridge. Cool. There's like some kind of to-do on whether you get a purple cartridge or not. Nope. Ah, uh, okay. Well, it looks good. I mean, it's, it's got a well, It looks fantastic. Don't get me wrong. It's it's a cartridge. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's not not purple. I guess Super maybe cool. that's because that was the first batch and this is the second batch, I think. so. That's probably what it is, yep. Yeah. But yeah, it is looking darn good and I can't wait to play more of this game. Because I've been holding off on this to uh, to actually play the physical copy. So yeah, we're good to go, guys. Thank you, Thank Tim. You. That was so awesome. I can't wait to see it. I've been holding off on playing the game at all until I get the cartridge, so... It will be winging its way to you shortly. Hmm. 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 Uh, item number two is me. Yeah. Not, not nearly Talking as cool. shortly, Cody. Am I shortly? Uh, I've been playing, as the aforementioned last month, Far Cry 5, and I've spent a lot of time uh, shooting uh, rednecks, cultists, bears, wolves, yeah. cougars. Backwoods people. Backwards people is blowing uh, planes and helicopters out of the sky, um, throwing uh, pipe bombs at large uh, propane tanks and having them blow up. Just having a good old time. time. So, I mean, how do you like it? Because we mentioned this on the show before. Far Cry 5 is probably me and my son's favorite game. And we both played it together, you know, separately but along the same lines together and i think i finished it like a week before he did and then he finished it and and beat the game and even to this day which i mean that game came out a couple years ago when we we still talk about it we still it's still something that resonates with my son it still comes up in his mind all the time he, because he's playing Far Cry Six right now, and he still he'll tell me uh, that yeah, it's not quite as good as Far Cry Five. Like, I, I would wager to say it's one of his favorite games. So, 
I mean, did you, are you enjoying it, Cody? Or have you finished it? Or I mean, are you still, do you like it? No, I'm about, I mean, I'm quite literally a third of the way through because it's, there's kind of three main characters and I just defeated the first zone in main character. So that being said, I would say it's compared to Far Cry 4. Yeah. um, Gameplay wise, it adds nothing. No. The far, it's like the, the exact what, the, same game. Maybe higher resolution graphics if I compared them side by side or something, but it's the same game, but the fact that it's... The story. the sto- Well, the story and the fact that it's America, just kind of like this uh, Midwest, Montana. Yeah. like it, it, Rather than being kind of some uh, exotic foreign... Another exotic foreign country, which is supposed to more or less Tibet um, in the in Far Cry 4. Just the, the area and the... the theme resonate with me more and i think it's cooler um hearing all the kind of classic rock songs and like dirty country and folk and bluegrass and stuff on radios as you walk by people like just the vibe is so much cooler uh to me um that i think uh it's probably my favorite of the two the only downside would be i played far cry 4 first and now this one and they don't feel that different so um i'm having a harder time sticking with it but that's not saying much because I'm still sticking with it and I, I'm yeah, loving, loving every minute of it. I've beaten every Far Cry since, I think, Far Cry 2. And the 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 worst thing about Far Cry and the best thing is that they're all very similar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, because you get used to them and you like crave more when you beat them. And then all of a sudden, a few years later, another Far Cry comes out and it's similar enough to be the same. And it's got a few little tweaks, new weapons or whatever enough to be to be kind of new but familiar so i get what you're saying but man i far cry 5 is definitely my favorite of the whole entire series so far yep no i'm loving it and i love the theme and again the music and just the vibe is enough for me to to i would say i like it more than four so they go along the lines of don't change a winning formula but change it a little bit yeah. Yep. <laughs> if, if you haven't played it, Tim, uh, you you should play Far Cry Five. That's the one to play. It is awesome. I love it. But if you have four and you don't have five, you can play four. It's also really good. No, um, wrong. <laughs> For me, it'd be which which is cheaper right now. <laughs> um, and then the other thing I want to mention here, real quick, is I as I said last month, I would start it, and I sure as heck did. Uh, the Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening on my uh, game and watch my Zelda I'm game and watch. watch. Yeah. And I'm three dungeons in now and, uh, enjoying it. I did have to kind of look up a few things It it does have the, you know, it's the original game. So yeah. it does kind of have that whole thing where sometimes you'll get stuck to the point where you're like, it's literally going to take you hours to figure out what the next thing you have to do is to, to proceed. And I just looked that up real quick. Um, I probably put, I think five or six hours into it and I'm three dungeons in, I think there's like seven or eight dungeons to all together. So, it's a blast. I love the little tiny screen. Um, I had some like issues with my neck hurting the other day and my back hurting a little bit. And my wife's like, "Is it?" Is it she's like, "Is that because you're playing that little video game?" And I'm like, "No, I've had these issues before that, but I get what you're getting at." Awesome, but that awesome. that's cool. I, I should tackle that one. I think I, I, I will. For me, that's the game that it's actually going to draw me into that device because the original Legend yeah. of Zelda, I've played enough. I don't need to play it again. I tried to get into Zelda 2 on there a little bit. Um, at Zelda 2 is its own unique thing. Yep, there's yours. Yeah. 
So to me, it's going to be Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening and Vermin, the little original Game & Watch game. Those are the two games I think I'm going to play on that thing. See, I might try Zelda too because everybody says it. that it sucks and like like it's not <laughs> as good. But I, I when I look at it, it seems like it's kind of cool. Like it's more of a platformer, kind of try to be Mario. I don't try know. it, try it, and tell me what you think. I'm, I'm curious. Right, I'll give it a shot. Okay, cool. My turn. Oh yeah. Oh, and this is a big one. So I've got some show and tell stuff here. So I've been wanting this device for a while, but it goes through its phases where it's it's kind of hard to get sometimes. Um, it'll be sold out, and then they'll make a new batch, and it's sold out, and you make a new batch. Well, finally, from the original website, um, which we'll link in the show notes, um, I, I, I read on Twitter that a new batch was made, and I went on there, and, and I went on there like a week later, and I was like, oh, they're probably going to be sold out again. And they weren't. So I, I have a feeling they got a big batch out. So if you wanted one, you can get one. And that is the Fenrir. I don't know how to pronounce it. Fenrir. Yeah. Um, for the Saturn. It is the ODE device, the basically SD card device that you take your um, optical drive out of your Saturn and you put this into it. And it's like the Dreamcast one, just like the one we, I think we all have that installed in our Dreamcast, right? Tim, you don't have that yet. No. Nope. Nope. Okay, I know Cody and I did ours about the same time, but so so basically here it is. So the first thing you do is you go to their website on the official site and you put in your serial number, which is on the back of the device, okay? Yep. And it will tell you if it is a 20 or 21 pin cable, and that is very important. So the cool thing is they have a tool on the website. You put in your serial number and it will tell you so you don't have to open it and count the little pins on the ribbon <clears throat> if it's 20 or 21. Mine was a 21. So I ordered it and it was pretty fast shipping. It came in. So I installed it. And I don't know if you can see that real well, but instead of the optical drive, there is a little tiny ODE in there with an SD card sticking out. Mm-hmm. Kind of see it right in there. Yeah. It's kind of like the Dreamcast one if you if you have that one. Um But I will say this, this was the easiest mod I've ever done on any machine ever. So really it, Oh, it, so I'm going to remove the, the complexity that mine had because I had a mod chip installed and I had to remove the mod chip first, but let's say you have a stock uh, Sega Saturn. Okay. Eric, it's back up a sec. Yeah. What's, what's the difference between the 20 and the 21 pin? I have no... Fr- one? Yeah, a one pin, duh. One but pin. What, why, why, <laughs> why, why do they need a, a tool to say, well, you've got a 20 or a 21? What is it because you, if you have the 20, you're hosed? You can't use it? Or what? No, you have to get a different version, I think. Yeah, because there was two different versions of the Sega Saturn. One had a 20-pin cable, one had 21. I don't know what... And you can't tell from the outside. You have to take it apart to see it or just use the serial number. <laughs> right, exactly. so they, they've got different versions based on whether you've yep. got a 21 or a 20-pin. Right, okay. Exactly, okay. exactly. Yep. Carry on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's say your Saturn is unmodded, which I think both of you, you guys don't have the mod chip, right? Correct. Yeah, nothing has been inserted in the wazoo in my Saturn. Perfect. So you you get a Phillips screwdriver, you take the five screws out, you take the Saturn apart. After that, you disconnect 
a ribbon from the CD-ROM, you no other tools are necessary. It just sits on these posts. The ribbon might be 20 or 21 pins. It could be 20 or 21. <laughs> but there are no other tools. It just sits on these two black posts, plastic posts. You lift the CD-ROM off. You put the Fenrir on there and you plug the ribbon in. That's all there is to it. It sounds so simple. Even a Tim could do it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not, I'm not joking when I say like the Dreamcast one was way more difficult than this one was. And the Dreamcast was not saying much. No, and the Dreamcast wasn't that hard. This one is open it. Put this thing, take this thing off, put this thing on, connect the ribbon back, put it back together, and you're so, done. So real quick, again, layman's term. So what we're talking about, if you aren't privy to our ad, uh, adjectives or acronyms, whatever you call it, basically a simple SD card you put in your computer, put the games you want on there. I'm sure they're yep. all legal backups of your real games, right? Quote, unquote. Mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, now you can just plug this thing in instead of putting a CD in, and you can play all your games off of a menu off the card. Correct. And not have to switch games, not have to worry about having, I don't know, CDs of the actual games themselves. Yep. So now, so the real question then is, the big device up until you've told me about this has been the Mode 3, which is not a cheap device. No. So that, I think, what is that, like 250 bucks for the Mode 3? And I'm not sure what makes that so expensive, but how does this compare price-wise? And why is the Mode 3 even a thing? Yeah, I mean, I... I got to tell you, I can't I kind of forget the exact well, number. Remember with the mode that you can put that in the Saturn and the Dreamcast. That's true. That's a, that is actually absolutely <clears throat> true. So I'm so. guessing that this doesn't go between the two devices. This is just Saturn. No, that is right. Um, so let me, I'll tell you right. The price for this one is 100 euros. The price is right. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. What does that mean, Tim? Tell me what that means. Like 125 bucks, something like that? Yeah. So it was about, and I remember now after shipping and everything, I paid 139. Yep. There you go. So roughly about 100, was that 140 euro, was it? Yeah. Uh, No, 100 euros. 100 euros with shipping. shipping. With with shipping, exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. So roughly add a third onto that, I guess. Yeah. So less expensive. Um, is super easy install. There is absolutely no reason not to get this. Now, one thing, one side, um, side. Unless course. you don't have a Saturn, then that's probably a reason. <laughs> that is a real problem. That Mr. Is real dry problem. humor over here today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, if you do have a Saturn, well, here's like a, if you know Gaiden, Pixel Gaiden, Gaiden means side story, right? A side story that I had to take was that. I installed this and all the games played except for all the four megabyte games. Okay. Okay. And I was like, and there's not that many vampire uh, savior, um, Marvel versus uh, street fighter. Did you have a four megabyte cart in? I did. So I had a four megabyte cart in and it didn't work. And I was like, what is going on? I took, I, (laughs) I took the Fenrir out, put my optical back in still didn't work. So then I had to do the whole reinstall again. Turns out my action replay card was yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Really? And, and so this is the new one. I went and bought a new one mm-hmm. on eBay. And this one actually has, they've got, two, they've this one has two price. pattern. Yep. They have, they have got them price. 
but I bought a new one and it actually has pseudo Saturn installed on it and a couple other things. I popped this in, works like a charm. So my original four megabyte cartridge went bad, believe huh. it or not. Yep. Very, very odd, but it went bad and it didn't work. And Is I there was a battery very... in them? Is that why? No, there's no battery in them. How are they? That's bizarre. Well, there might be a battery because it does do save states. To, I mean, are not save states, but saves like it has the memory space. So there might be a battery in there, but I don't know why that would stop a memory upgrade, a four meg memory upgrade. Weird. Um, it just didn't work. So I bought a new one and now it does work. And I still have the old one and it still works as an action replay card. So there's cheats on them and all that, but it, the, the memory upgrade doesn't work on any of the, of the new games or the, the upgraded games. So huh. that was my little side story, but it didn't, it didn't, wasn't because of the Fender. So dude, if, if you got a Saturn, get this. this the, real, the real question that we all have is why, if you're going to make a device, are you going to call it the Fenrir? Fenrir. Yeah. I have I mean, no that's gotta be a guy's last name. I mean, otherwise why on earth would you come up with that? I have no idea. No so that anyways. cartridge wouldn't even work even if you blew into its bottom. No, I did. I blew I blew, blew up its bottom like crazy. Wow. Uh, and on yeah. that note, I'm grabbing my next beer. <laughs> oh, yeah. let's do. Are, are you done? Oh, yeah. I'm done. I'm feeling pretty uh, good, too, Eric. I'm not going to lie to you. So while, while, you, while you guys are... Eric needs to finish his beer. Yep. Yeah, while you guys are sorting out your beer, I'll take the next one then, shall okay, I? Okay. You shall. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, so quickly from me, I've harped on about my Amiga 3000 quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to say success at last. Nice. I now have it converted as a full PAL A3000 with a working 240 volt power supply as well. Um, so I don't need to use the step up, step down converter, which is nice. rather heavy and bulky to keep getting in and getting out along with the Amiga 3000. Um, so yes, it is now all going. Um, I've got a proper power supply inside, so it's a nice little micro, uh, ATX power supply. I got myself the, um, uh, Amiga 3000, uh, adapter from Amiga kit, which is just like a little, uh, cord that goes to a 20 pin ATX adapt adapter, um, standard power, uh, connector, and then goes onto the proprietary connector on the Amiga 3000 motherboard and has a little, uh, like a physical switch. So you can switch the thing on and off because the A3000 original power supply has the switch on the power, on the power supply. supply. <laughs> um like so the, yeah that's uh yeah. that's all sorted so the amiga 3000 is now up and running so what have you been doing with it um i have uh been bbsing mostly <laughs> yeah nice that's a good um and also I'll, I'll um i also took it to swag which we'll we'll talk about a bit later and also i did my tea time with tim section on so that that you did by this time you guys know about it anyway but we'll we'll have a quick chat later about it and catching up as well awesome so the a3000 pretty much had a power supply just like the 1200 like it's got the switch on the power mm-hmm. supply no it's no. built in it's a it, the a3000 is a is a tower uh, it's a, it's yeah. a desktop behind cpu as some call it and yeah. the keyboard is separate so it's all all built in so okay. the the stat that well 
I can go really boring and technical if you really want me to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, the, the power supply, you can actually change the internal on the A3000 power supply. You can turn it into 240 volts, but you've got to rip the power supply open and it's either solder or desolder a bar or something like that on the actual power supply. And that will um, turn it into a 240. Um, uh, but I, I haven't done that. Um, I've literally just taken, uh, taken the power supply out for now because when I, when I turn it on, it's got that fishy smell. So I think it needs <laughs> recapping or something like that anyway. So you don't want um, fishy electronics. No, don't want fishy electronics. Um, so yeah, that's, that's all, all on one side at the moment. So, uh, the PAL it's to convert it to PAL, you just change a jumper on the board, um, to put in a, uh, 240, uh, volt power supply. You just change a jumper on the board to change the timing as well. So there's two jumpers that you also have to change. And that was one of the fun aspects of it or, fun in a loose term i suppose because i bought <laughs> about three different power supplies before i found out that you didn't really need all the different power supplies you could just use one and just change the jumper on the board because i had various different power gotcha. supplies yeah. and they were either working or just giving a black screen and uh after i found out this jumper it's like pretty much any power supply that i whacked in there was just working so yeah, nice great. <laughs> nice what beers have you got this time guys oh well, this is our second beer, so this is just beers that we already enjoy, and we're just going to enjoy. So I'm having this has just become my go-to beer, Eric. For and I love the flavor. It's an IPA. It's a it's a not a heavy IPA. And Tim, I don't know why I just said Eric, but the reason I bring it up is because of our last beer being a good bargain beer. But it's Weekend Vibes by Coronado yeah. Brewery in in San Diego, and they come in a six pack, really good IPA, um, for. I, I mean, most places sell it for about ten ninety nine, so eleven bucks a six pack of Tall Boys for a really good beer. That's my go to right now. A, not as good of a deal as the ninety nine Golden Ale, but not well, maybe I was, not. I was going to say reassuringly a bit more expensive. Twice, <laughs> almost twice as much. It's but it's twice as delicious. So okay, th- fair enough. Fair enough. This is definitely a ninety percent plus beer for me, and for that price, this is just my go to now. I love this stuff. Awesome. So cheers I'm, on that one. Cheers. Yes. I'm going to go with my favorite Japanese beer that was made in Italy. <laughs> Asahi. I was going to say Asahi. Okay, perfect. Asahi drug, which is literally Japanese beer made in Italy. I didn't know it was made there. Okay. I have no idea. I, I, I always thought it was made in Japan or, or made here. Like the recipe was here and like made here, but it says Japanese beer. And then it says made in Italy. Product in Italy. I have no idea why. I don't oh, care either. Bizarre. I love it. Good one. I'm just going to drink it. All right. So here's my big one for for the month. Okay. Okay. I, on my notes, it just says, I bought a thing slash things. Great deal. So, Eric, at the beginning of that show, we talked. We got a question from somebody. Was it you? I think it was me. Yeah. Or the best great deal you've had recently. Yeah. And I wouldn't know if I, you know, con- compared to some of the stuff we've gotten, which has just been, like you said, literally great deals, you know, mm-hmm. uh, 10% of what they normally cost because we got to, you know, found somebody or knew somebody or whatever. But uh, on eBay, every once in a while, you'll see people put some a, a lot of things up there and they'll have a, uh, you know, buy it now or best offer. And you send them an offer 
please, by the way, just try to send out offers. And people sometimes just accept your offer. And that happened. They do. Yeah. It happened. Yeah. So I got a few things I've been wanting that I've been putting off, but I just threw a number out there and I got them and I was stoked. So first of all, can you, can you stop the screen sharing so I can get a big picture? Ah, yes. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, 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 I'm excited about this. You guys won't necessarily be Tim. You already got a sneak peek. We'll talk about that later. Mm -hmm. Um, stop sharing. All right. We're good. You can see me. We're good. Yep. All right, the first item, and this is all related, but the first item, I finally got myself. Oh, yeah. Nice. An actual PC Engine Core Graphics, Graphics Japanese. Mini. Yeah. And the cool thing oh, no, about... That's not a mini. That's, that's a real one, isn't it? It's a real one, yep. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm on the real one. Yeah. So this is the uh, TurboGrafx-16 in Japan. And I say Japan because the Core Graphics of Japan. What was the one in, in England called, or Europe called? There wasn't one in England. It never got an official release. What was the but one? You're, you're talking about the PC Engine. And I have that right here if you want to see it. Yeah, what, show me yours. Because cause this one has um, the original controller, which does have the turbo buttons. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which I believe the one Eric has would not have the turbo buttons. No, if it's... Her PC Engine was the white-colored one, and they just had the standard uh, no no turbo on the controller. So Eric's, <laughs> Eric dropped below the screen. He's still down there. I don't know what he's doing. I thought we were giving you enough time to pop back up, but apparently you got distracted by something cool under there. No, I'm trying to find it. I, I, I can't find it. But anyway, yes. mine, mine is gray. Mine's the same color gray, but it has orange type. Yes. That's PC Engine. And then your controller doesn't have the turbos. That's correct. No okay. turbos. So this does have the turbos, which I love. And I I love these these controllers. What's bizarre about it, and I actually haven't verified this, but for whatever reason, I don't know what they're trying to do, but the controller has a different connector than the Turbo Graphics, so I can't use this controller with the Turbo Graphics and vice correct. versa. Mine is the same exact way. Yeah, yeah but it's technically that is the correct controller, and the Turbo Graphics is different. <laughs> yes, <laughs> chronologically, right. yes, absolutely. Yeah, it came with a game, and so I've got finally my first in-case Hugh oh, card cool. game. Yeah. yeah. It's a game, I mean, it's called Outlive. Honestly, it's a, um, it had a bunch of story in it, but I actually have the little piece. It's got a little piece of foam in here to keep the hue card in the case. Exactly. little RPG that I can't use because it's all in Japanese, but I finally have a game, a legit PC Engine game, which is cool. And then, this is where it starts to get more exciting, because um, what I paid for this, well, I'll tell you in a second here. Um... It came with this cable. I don't know what this funky thing is. Um, that goes in the PC Engine, and then this goofball thing on the other side. Skirt! Oh, wow. Skirt! <laughs> it, came, it came with a skirt cable, which I can't use, but cool, I have it. You've got to uh, get an adapter. I've got, like, two different adapters that go from skirt to my PVM, and it, it actually delivers an incredible picture. So Cody, have you got nothing to use on Skirt yet? I thought no. you did have. No, I, really? I have... I have a way to connect SCART to a, one of my Amiga monitors, but both of those are not working. Okay, well, I've got... Um... Tim's, Tim's got a thing, and I'm going to see what he's got here. Cause... So these things, yeah, this is what a lot, including myself, a lot of people who stream use these. Yeah? Well, that's HDMI. I don't want to so go to CRT. Oh, you want to go to CRT? I need to go to CRT. Right, so either right. S video or 
component? Yeah. Something? I'll, I'll work on that. I'll work on that for you. <laughs> well, I'll show you what I tried to do, and it didn't I'll work. I'll try and get something in the next box for you. Long story short, room. it didn't It didn't work. But um, Well, I'll show you that real quick, because I'm waiting for... Uh, we're going to break the wall here. Uh, Eric has left the room, presumably to go to use the restroom. Cause or he's people, just gone. Do he's just had enough. He's, maybe he's bummed that he lost the game show. <laughs> so I'll show you what I did get to try to make that SCART cable work. Mm-hmm. This a is mid clearly zoo. a mid zoo. This is clearly from Amazon. It says pro industrial because it's professionally <laughs> does industrial. That does that mean and it's for industrialization? <laughs> something to that effect. Now you're going to laugh when you see a thing. When I saw it, I'm like, there's no way that's going to work, but I'm going to try it because if it works, it's beautiful. Yeah. And I bought this for $7 on Amazon. Have you seen one of these? That scares me already. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got, Here's the hard SCART thing. Input. There's a bunch of quote unquote SCART adapters that have the male SCART side. Yeah. But mm-hmm. none of them have the female. Female, yeah. In theory, this on the top of this device, it has a, an input switch saying, which side am I going in, male or female? Yeah. And then it's got S video and. Uh, exactly, yeah. That's, the, you know, that's, your, that's your what red. I've got here, and that's what I was thinking of sending you. When you when you said that a minute ago, and this didn't work. I, so I don't know if this thing is just garbage. It looks like it was put together by, I don't know, spare parts. Like it. Well, looks, it depends on what you're bringing out of it. That's the problem, because if you're bringing out a true RGB signal, which is what the um, the PC engine or Turbo Graphics or whatever you want to call it this week um, is is bringing out, then it's unlikely that you're going to get that out properly. Did you try it from the S-Video, or did you just try it from the com- composite? I, tr- I tried both. Neither one works. Both. Okay, so yeah, it's it's probably only going to bring out composite that. It's the, not going to do the RGB side of things. But the S-Video should be RGB, isn't it? It should be, but it depends if it's actually got anything decent in there that will bring it out. I saw um, somebody on YouTube open one of these, and it's literally some person in presumably China just hand soldering wires between each pin. <laughs> like exactly. It looks yeah. like crazy yeah. inside of here. There's, there's, there's nothing in there to kind of do any, any trick stuff. I've got one over here and I, I know I use it downstairs and that does work with S video and all that sort of stuff. So I'll check that out. And if that's working, then I'll, I'll put it in the box because I, I can get those no problem at all. Um, so if it works again, I'll, I'll, I'll sling it in the box for you. So here's the next thing that came with my lot, Eric. I didn't, you didn't miss anything except for that adapter. Yeah. I got another controller. Okay. Six button. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I got the fancy six button, and I've heard of this uh, HE system brand, but this is like yeah. the kind of like the legit third-party controller for uh, the PC Engine. Six button. Yeah, these, nice. things, these alone go for like 60 bucks. And yeah. the um, you can play Street Fighter. So the, the and Tim is exactly what I said. What I was going to say is that there is an excellent version of Street Fighter Two on PC Engine, which is not excellent unless you have this. It, exactly. Otherwise, you're literally sitting there trying to play it with two buttons. <laughs> so I'll tell you this. So for the price I paid, I paid, pretty much broke even when I got the PC Engine with the yeah. controller, this controller, that game. Yeah, that's what I paid for. What I got for free. Was a Super SD System Three, nice. So, here's my Super SD System Three. Yeah, and uh, this thing pops in and basically turns my PC Engine into every version of PC Engine you can imagine: the CD, the Super Arcade, the, all, all that, all that all stuff. It plays stuff. everything. Yeah. 
So I didn't have a way to play, um, you know, except for emulation. I didn't have a way to play PC Engine CD games. I didn't have a way to play uh, all those different games. So I got it stoked when I got this, um, which, of course, plugs. And it's still tiny, the tiniest system in the world. Here, so here you go. You'll see the magic happen live, live to tape, right? Yeah. Boom. Now I've got... The that's exactly, that's exactly what everything. I've got, but I've got the PC engine, the, the original one. Yeah. I didn't realize you had a, you have a System 3 as well? Yep. yep. So now you can t- tell me about this. So when I got this, uh, originally, mm-hmm. I couldn't get it working, and audio was only coming out one side, and I got really scared. Right. Ultimately, after playing with it for like an hour, uh, by, and by the way, the controller also, some of the buttons didn't work very well. I literally opened it up and cleaned it with a racer and put it back together. It works fine. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I guess this was the first run, and I would have been more gun shy about buying one of these if I knew about this. But apparently, the first run that they made of these had some sort of RGB issue, and there's a humming in the audio signal, it just hums all the time. Mm. And what I noticed, I don't know if you, you probably can't see it from here, but there is another, you can see right on top, see those capacitors? Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. an additional board that is like a hum reducer. It, it actually inter- takes out the audio circuit inside the System 3 and bypasses it and goes through that audio amplifier right. and gets rid of the hum, which they already installed, which I didn't know about, but cool. Mm-hmm. And then on the back was the RGB fix. You can see, ex- I don't know if you can see, actually. Let me see. There you go. You can see extra wires in there already wired in. Yeah. And I test them all with my uh, multimeter. They're all done correctly. So this thing is all set up now. Once I finally found the correct um, S-Video, it basically it's a Sega Genesis 2 cable, which That's luckily right. yeah. I, I have one. Yeah. Um, I have a bad one, and I have a good one, apparently. Yeah. So And it works beautifully, and I've been playing all the Sega, or the uh, PC Engine CD games like Gates of Thunder and um, Rondo Lords of Blood. Of and Oh, my gosh. Gates of Thunder and Lords of Thunder. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm having a blast with this thing. It's brilliant, isn't it? It transforms the system. It's just incredible. I love, I love mine. Yeah, and the, the the thing is about the core system because when I got my PC engine, I was so impressed at the video output on those. Like comparing it to even like a Super Nintendo or a Genesis or whatever what was its contemporary at the time, the video output on that is amazing. The color palette, the quality just of the video output. Yeah, I was. I was floored. I mean, it is so good. I love the PC engine. I love everything about it. I, I wish it had more success, especially here in the U.S. Because the TG16 did not did not do well here. So, and that CD quality audio going through my big old mm-hmm. my new uh, my new old Polk Tower speakers I have over there on that TV and the yeah, like it's it's so cool. I want to blast with that thing. So that was my big pickup. I'm stoked about it. Sweet. That's a nice pickup. So, what did you pay for all that lot then? Oh, oh! Like, I think it was like now, was two- was it like a, a a wild bargain or was it like yeah that's that's a good price? It was a good price because essentially, I mean the super first of all the super the super system three or whatever they're not even available right now because there's no chips. No, uh, I think it was like two forty mm-hmm. for all that. That's a is, good, very good price, very good price. Yeah. Yeah. Not mind blowing, but I'll no, do it again in a heartbeat. It's good. So the next one is mine, and this one is retro gaming adjacent because this game has a long 
and illustrious history in the retro gaming scene. But I did pick up Pokemon Legends Arceus. Is that the name? Yes. Right. Let's say I've that. Seen it. I've seen it in the stores. And I don't know if it, Cody or Tim, because I think I have you added on my Switch as well, Tim. Um, if yeah. you've noticed the hours played, I've already sunk about 20 hours into this game. Really? Wow. Yep. So I'm, I think I'm at hour 16, 17, maybe almost 20. Um, I play a lot when I'm waiting for my daughter to get out of volleyball practice or volleyball games or whatever. I sit in the car and I play it. Um, but I have been really, really enjoying this game. It takes Pokemon, which is normally like kind of a 2D game, and puts it into a 3D world, kind of like a like a the Breath of the Wild, like Legend of Zelda. <clears throat> but it does it really, really well. Does a lot of very interesting things, uh, but still keeps the core kind of RPG collectible kind of things. It is a beautiful game. It's great for kids. It's great for adults. I mean, there isn't a wrong way to play Pokemon and you can't die in the game. So you just keep going on. Um, I, it's a winner. I mean, I, I know that a lot of people were criticizing it before it even came out. And then all of a sudden on the Twitter verse, everyone was silent about the game. Yeah. And that is because everyone was playing the game. And, and, not, and, and actually enjoying it and feeling silly for trashing it in the first place. I'm feeling silly trashed it because it is really, really, really good. So, and it's great for everybody. So kids and adults alike can enjoy it. Um, I've been having an absolute blast with it. So I don't know if you've heard much about this, this one. Yeah, Danik is well into Pokemon. So um, okay. it's one that's kind of like on our radar, but I wanted to know how does it differ from like the, the let's go Eevee and all that sort of stuff that came out a little while ago. Is it, is it a similar game engine to that or is it different? No, I didn't play that. My daughter did. I own it, but my daughter played Let's Go Eevee, but I can't really speak to that point because I didn't play that one. But playing like the old school 2D um, Pokemon, it is a world of difference uh, uh, versus that. Yeah. There's not like gyms you go to. You don't go to Pokemon gyms to, you know, those are the boss battles. Mm-hmm. This one actually has boss battles where there's giant Pokemon that are yeah. – all yeah. frenzied and you you battle those so this one really um if, if you think about it this game is almost like a prequel to pokemon games mm-hmm. um this one uh, it takes place in a world where pokemon are still wild creatures and no one really knows about them and the mysterious and everything and you have to kind of unravel the mystery behind what makes pokemon monsters tick um and so in that, it's kind of a fun game because it, it, it is almost like a prequel to all the other Pokemon games. Um, but I'm having a blast with it. So I, I don't know about the Eevee game, though. I didn't play that one yet. So Yeah, because, I mean, that's, that's more of the 3D world and you've got the battle elements in it. Yep. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, I, I guess it's maybe a bit more of the top-down put yeah. into the, the 3D side of things, whereas... Yep. Arceus or whatever it's called um maybe is sort of like more based around the maybe like a jrpg elements to it yeah 
it's completely open world. Like you can just yeah. go wherever you want. Like you can yeah. walk around the world and eventually you'll get Pokemon that you can actually sit on like a horse and ride around. So you can mm-hmm. travel around the world faster. There's yeah. fast travel, but it has big giant open worlds, kind of like breath of the wild. So it is a much different experience, but still very familiar because you're still battling Pokemon. You still have like berries that, you know, the Pokemon can take to yeah. boost their HP and boost stuff like HP, that. Yeah. I mean, if you're not familiar with Pokemon, I guess you wouldn't understand what I'm saying. But trust me, when I've always said this from the very beginning, I think Pokemon's one of the best RPG games around. I I love playing it. It's got a huge collectible side to it. Uh, It's got challenging boss battles. Like in the old games, it was the gyms. In this one, it is the super large frenzied Pokemon that you have to battle. And you have to, you know, get your Pokemon up and pick the pick the right Pokemon to battle the type of boss yeah. you're playing. Yeah. Um, so it has all the core, but a lot of the stuff on the surface has been changed for this one. So I don't know. I'm really, really, really enjoying it. I'm loving it. So I play it every chance I get. So cool. Good stuff. Sounds good. So what, what's up next, Tim? Couple of last minute pickups. Tell me about those. Yeah, so um, literally last minute. So I popped out, uh, what was it? Um, What day are we on now? This is uh, Friday for me. So I think it was uh, Wednesday night. Almost Friday for us. Yeah, Um, and I got something in the post as well. So another another thing. Um, I'll translate. The post means mail. Yeah, exactly. Can you make Tim big for us, Cody? Um, I've tried for years and years. I don't know. I don't even know what that means, but here we go. Yes. I'll stop sharing. And there we go. Uh, Perfect. And Tim should be big. I want to see, I want to see this. So the first one is, uh, one I've been trying to add to my Commodore 64 collection for a little while. I did tweet this out a, a couple of days ago. I think um, I saw this one. I got, Congo Bongo, yeah. Commodore 64. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Um, I, By I've Sega. Never, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a Sega US gold one. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it was a good arcade game, I believe, at, 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 in the, back in the day. Not one that I'd really sort of like played a huge amount. Um, but yeah, I managed to pick up a copy of Congo Bongo. And normally these things go anywhere between... I don't know, 10 and 15, 20 pounds. Um, I think I paid three pound 99 pence for this one. So that was a real bargain. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I was happy with that. And then I picked up another bulk load of games. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I got more of these, the Sinclair mic maker chip. (laughs) I think I've got about seven copies of that now. You're going to be able to build a house out of those eventually. Yeah, exactly. Still don't know what that is, but we don't need to talk about it now. No. And uh, I basically got a big box. A tub. A tub tub of games. games. (laughs) Tubbo cassettes. Uh, So in here, there's a a bit of a mix. So there's uh, some BBC Micro, some VIC-20, some ZX Spectrum. Um, So, yeah, there's, there's like... Some random things like uh, for the BBC Micro Q Man, Q Man, Cubert, yeah, which is a Cubert game, yeah. And this one was produced in 
uh what is it 19 1981 or 82 or something like that it's wow. quite an early one um uh what else have we got oh um the manic miner for the bbc micro yep nice and there's also somewhere here the sounds of cassettes it's definitely an 80s sound is yeah. <laughs> asmr for micro computer uh, another another copy but this is the original bug bite version of manic miner for the yeah, it's completely different looking like so different, yeah. completely, totally different, completely different label yeah yeah so um just if you don't know bug bite software was probably around from 1980 i think to about 84 and then they turned into software projects which is the uh, other label uh, that manic miner and jet set willy came out on um there's gotcha. also another one i collect a few different versions of and that's commando for the yeah. bbc that's nice my elite systems um another one which is uh, quite a nice game which is uh jet boot jack for the bbc micro never mm. heard of that one yeah that's that's quite a good game um and uh way of the exploding fist for the bbc micro as well awesome. you know i'm sure there's a there's people there's a niche for everybody and i'm sure there's somebody out there that buys all those tapes just to literally put them in their audio player and like listen to the sounds on those tapes like, the <laughs> <laughs> like there's somebody out there in the world baby sickos <laughs> like man that is a good sounding game i know it's not popular but mm. and uh, Beachhead on the BBC Micro as well. Um, and one of my personal favorites, Vegas Jackpot <laughs> on the Vic 20. Oh, wow. <laughs> so right. a slot machine game for your Vic 20. Yeah. Oh, so here's how I picture England. Everybody has a loft up in their house, and in every loft is like buckets and bins of cassette tapes from old computers. Is that, is that correct? It's certainly true in my house. <laughs> <laughs> and That's in cool America, the UK. In America, we can't walk down the street without three or four firearms. So exactly. you know, we each, yeah. have, we each yeah. have our thing. Yeah. Oh, and uh, this is the weird one that I got. Is, oh, this is the um, weird one. Yeah, this is the weird one. So I've got... Uh, Super Sportic PC 501 10 Exciting Video Game. Uh, squash, Hockey, Tennis, Target 2, Target 1, Basketball, Soccer, Gridball, whatever that is. Uh, basketball Practice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds worth <laughs> So you can in. either play basketball or basketball practice. And practice. <laughs> and so are- this is very, very strange. It's those a cartridge. Are- what is that on? Uh, it's for the Mercury Mark II Commander or the Mercury what? Commander Mark. Sorry, Mark III. I've what never seen this thing before, um, so I need to do a bit of research. I haven't had a chance to. Well, I know um, the Mark III was a Sega console in Japan, but that doesn't yeah, sound... no, this that's that's not what this not is. This. So it's a big old cartridge. Yeah. Huh. Um, and it's actually even got adjustable pots on it for some reason. Bizarre. So there's things i don't know if you can see them on there yeah i, I see them noticing that holes one. and you can stick a screwdriver in it I, don't, I really don't know what the heck this is for those those um, sounds but, like 10's 10 amazing game yeah 10 <laughs> amazing game <laughs> 10 amazing game uh so yeah so i've i've got to try and 
find out yep. what the heck is for that is for um the other thing on the back of it was it's made by it's got vault mace limited um yeah. and i don't know if you've heard of them but that's oh good old volt mace that's actually my third favorite transformer knockoff cartoon exactly volt yeah mace. that's this company that make um the analog joysticks for the bbc micro huh. oh made in england so, yeah so I, I don't know don't know what the heck that thing is um so i'm going to find that one out uh so that that's my most recent pickups you're probably going to find out that 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 cartridge is worth like ten thousand dollars could well be that was I'm, I'm i'm california bound yeah <laughs> california where in the news we uh we recently just read tim that th- there was a 30,000 people lost their fiber connection because in Oakland, somebody literally um, accidentally shot the fiber cable. With shot bullets. the cable? Yes, it they literally shot the fiber. Around and like the fiber cable was up on like uh, telephone poles and they just shot right through it. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's how it is here. That sounds like, the, mind you, I guess that, that, that kudos, that was a good shot, I guess, to shoot through a whole cable. <laughs> they weren't doing it on, person, they, they, or on purpose. They missed the people they were shooting at, I'm sure. But um, So this should have been more of a news item, but I'll touch on it anyways, and this has been my month. I found a site called fanatical.com. Humble, if you remember Humble Bundle? I do. Humble Bundle used to be an awesome site where you could hop on, get a whole bunch of games for dirt cheap, and then decide with a slide bar how much of that money you wanted to go to charity. Yeah. Fanatical is exactly the same website without the charity. (laughs) (laughs) Screw the charity. Yeah, who cares about the charity? But So if you go to fanatical.com and you want some Steam games, now of course I'm talking about Steam games, but... They have have bundles just like they used to have there. I mean, I've, I've been paying, you know... Here's build your own fantasy bundle, right? You click on this thing. Yeah. You can choose a, a game for a dollar, five games for three dollars, or ten games for five dollars. And they're legit games. They're like Blood Bowl too. Remember Blood Bowl? Oh yeah. Um Talisman, a great little board game. Um anyways, I've I've been building little bundles and loading up on dozens of Steam games for like penny <laughs> pennies. Yeah. And I've yeah, even I played did. some of them. Nice. And they work. And they, yeah, of course they work because the Steam just works um, for the most and part. They're, they're like, "Listen, guys, please buy this bundle. I need to buy my third yacht." So yeah, they're, so they're not giving them. They're not giving the money to charity. Don't worry about yeah. that. But you get I a need, deal. That's all that matters. I need a new 120 foot yacht. Please <laughs> buy this bundle. Hmm. Anyways, I'm excited because Humble Bundle stopped doing the crazy cool. But I haven't. I haven't been on their website in months because right. almost a year. Because they stopped, they they went to a different, you know, kind of discount structure, and I'm sure they're making more money because of it. But yep, this is what Humble Bundle used to be. So I'm excited about it, and cool. a bunch of the games I'll be talking about later are from Fanatical.com. Yeah, I love getting bundles of games like that. I mean, it's such a good deal. Yeah. Um, remember that social social justice bundle? I mean, I got yeah. like a hundred hundreds of games, like literally hundreds. Like of games. that was like thousands. No, that was all to charity, and that wasn't humble <laughs> bundle. But yes, I know what you're talking yeah. about. That was. Yeah. Yep. So, Tim, I don't. Yeah. Well, Tim's gone. <laughs> Tim Tim had to run off and use the loo. Yeah. I suppose that's fine because this is mainly for you and me, and maybe we have nothing to talk about here because I know I haven't had a lot of time, but. Have you? I wanted to talk about this because I got this game because I saw you playing it, 
And then I read about it and I was like, this is right up my alley. I went and bought it and I played and I've played maybe, I think four or five, four hours into this I'm game. I'm about the same. I'm about the same. Yeah. So we're about the same in this, but this does tick all the right boxes for me as far as an RPG and they do a lot of things right. And what's the name of the game, Eric? Crosscode. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I got caught up in, in, as we like to say, pixel guide and stuff, but I'm about four or five hours in as well. I love the fact that it's kind of free, free roaming. You can take different yep. missions on and um, the missions give you points and that you can spend on abilities and level up and I'm into it. Um, I liked really playing this game a lot with on the big screen with a controller yep. and one of my, and this really bums me out and I'm hoping it's not permanent, but it probably is. One of my 8-bit dough controllers that I love to use for playing my Switch on a full-size TV is starting to have some Joy-Con drift. Wow. So, like, the, the one of the sticks is, is malfunctioning. Yeah. So I tried to play, like, my last hour with that controller, and my character would just randomly run to the right for no reason. And it got so frustrating that I just, like, it put a bad taste in my mouth for the game, even though it's not the game's fault. Yeah. So I'm going to have to dig out one of my other controllers and try it and that should fix it. But, uh, hopefully that's not a big issue because I love that controller, but the game itself, uh, yeah. Crosscode, super cool. 16 bit NES, SNES style action RPG, but it has this really cool, um, shooting mechanic. Yeah. And so puzzle like elements. The- it's a JRPG, or well, an action, A RPG, yeah, action RPG, but it also combines the ability to use twin sticks. So it is more of like a twin stick shooter slash RPG. It, would that be kind of accurate there, Cody? Yeah, and, and you didn't like it's not a JRPG by nature, no. but it is very Japanese. Yes, it is very Japanese kind of mode, but it is more action RPG. So. When you're in combat, you are running around with your left stick and then aiming with your right stick. So there's a lot of like very cool action parts of this game, which I appreciate in this kind of game because you don't get slowed down with a bunch of uh, combat that stops and then like just shows you like kind of a cutscene of battles going back and forth. Yeah, yeah, you are seamless. Active. It adds a kind of an arcade element to an RPG, which I really appreciate. And this game is huge. I mean, there are big worlds, lots of things to learn, lots of crafting. I mean, this thing, this game has it all. I was actually really surprised that it was so inexpensive. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it probably makes more money if they put it at this price point, but it could have been Absolutely. a higher price game. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I, I think it is an, a, an ambitious and amazing RPG and uh, Tim, if you don't have this, you should go buy it. Okay, I'll go and buy it. <laughs> or, or if you want to go on Steam and you're comfortable with Steam, you can download the demo and try it yourself first. Yeah, but you want it on Switch because Switch is better. Switch is good. Make the Switch. <laughs> but anyway, right. okay, so we'll maybe we'll even talk about that later once we get further into the game. Nintendo, you can send your free Switch OLED models to Please. Cody and Eric, courtesy yeah. of... Yeah, exactly. And send one to Tim, too. There's three of us. Send us three of them. So I'll I'll segue into this next one because I'm excited to hear about it. But I randomly got a text from Tim, and so did you, Eric, but I was able to make it. Uh, And we did a FaceTime, and Tim and I ended up being on opposite sides of the world talking at the same time about the Southwest Amiga Group. We did. 
In fact, and I got a quick you, tour. I, I, was, but... I was there whilst you were while we were talking about it, and I gave you a quick tour around Swag. Um, so this is an I event. Met Dave, you did. Uh, who's one of the organizers of Swag? So Swag is the Southwest Amiga group, um, and they meet. Uh, well, it, originally they met two or three times a year. Um, obviously, in the recent uh, times, it hasn't really been possible. Uh, there was a meetup last September, which I was booked to go to. And because uh, I wasn't feeling particularly great, I, I cancelled that one. Um, and we had another meeting scheduled for the 15th, which was going to be their uh, big workbench event, which is sort of like the one they, they do do it once a year, which is they have um, presentations and guest speakers and all that sort of stuff. Um, and because of the numbers that normally attend the workbench, uh, they had to postpone that. So in, instead, they just made it into a normal uh, swag meetup. Uh, so this particular one was coinciding with the 40th birthday of the Commodore 64. Um, so they invited people not only to bring all their Amiga goodies, but bring some Commodore 64 goodies, which is what I did. Um, I took with me my uh, the Amiga 3000, which was one of the reasons why I was feverishly trying to get it all sorted. <laughs> uh, took my Commodore 64C, a bunch of uh commodore 64 tape games and disc games which are put on display um and yeah just just had a really good time um you'll you'll see you'll hear a bit well you would have heard about it but you'll also see about it as well because i'm going to do a video on youtube nice uh, probably get that sorted next week um i've also been speaking to dave um, from swag and he's possibly gonna we might do some bits and pieces on that video as well just him explaining a bit about about the event and all that sort of stuff from there from actual their aspect of it um but yeah it was it was just a really nice event just good to actually get out there and hang out with some people and nerd out for a few hours and uh, have, have a laugh and uh, play some games and look at some amigas and commodore 64s yeah, it looked really cool. And I know there's a, a a gaming competition, and when you showed me it, there's nobody there, and I'm like, if I was there, I'd be on that thing trying to win because that's just who I am. Well, the thing is, is a lot of people because they made the game known. A lot of people were playing it before and actually during on their own Amigas. So it's only when they were actually going up and playing the you know, doing a, a competition try, as it were, where they actually sat there. So a lot of people were just playing the game on their Amigas on the, because they just had one specific track, I think it was. What was the game? Um, it's uh, ATR, All Terrain Racing. I think it's right. by Team 17. Um, I'll be honest with you, I didn't really get but because I arrived late for reasons that you'll find out on the, on the <laughs> podcast, <laughs> yep. um, the, uh, I didn't really get a chance cause it took me so long, get my Amiga set up and all that sort of thing. And by the time I'd actually got everything sorted, it was, uh, I was just, uh, talking to so many different people and all that sort of thing. I didn't really get too much of a chance. So, um, but hopefully maybe I'll, I'll take part in the, in the in competition in the next one in May. Hopefully. Well, I really appreciate you calling me cause that was a blast. So yeah, it was good. It was good. It's kind nice. Of, it's good to see you. <laughs> I wouldn't say um, I met those people, but I was introduced to the, some of those people, which was really cool. And yeah, yeah. they took and the time saw, to look at your phone and say hi to me and talk a little bit. So, yeah, and you saw Derek, who, who did your recapping on the CD32 yep. as well. 
Although I didn't have a lot of his attention because he was in the middle of uh, soldering something else at the moment. But yeah, he was he was recapping a twelve hundred at the time. I think it was. Yeah, and I've got my CD thirty two sitting next to me right here, so I'm gonna have to try some ATR racing. So <clears throat> perfect. So I had a monster of a day, Cody. What what, what about you? <laughs> this is lame, but I can't not talk about it because I literally put like twenty hours into this stupid game. So Sweet. one of the one of the games that got on fanatical.com in a Steam bundle was called Monster Slayer. Um, and if you like this type of game, honestly, it's probably kind of a fairly average game, but it just it just worked for me, and I just fell in love with it and just kept playing it. Um, in fact, it's such a generic-sounding name that I can't even find the right game. Um, Monster Slayer, let me try it right in Steam. Maybe that helps. Monster Slayer, I mean, come on. There we go. Here's a YouTube video with 12 minutes of Monster Slayer footage, but I'm sure we're going to get another Wendy's ad for a square burger. Oh, nope. PlayStation. <laughs> is it a manscaping ad? Or a manscaping okay. ad. I'm sure, Tim, did you hear that we uh, we got an offer to sell some manscaping, uh, whatever they sell. I'm not going to get into that. On the first episode, Tim, we talked about um, we got an offer from Manscape to uh, have ads on our show. Really? And, uh, and, and you know what that is. You know what that is, right? And this is the second free ad we've given them on the show. So yeah, exactly. Every every episode right. since then we've had a free ad for them. <laughs> That's funny. So it's funny because this looks different than the version I've been playing, but this is yeah, it's pretty similar. But anyways, yeah. it's a it's a game, a card building kind of roguelike card building game where you pick a class. I like uh, the sound of that. Yep, you've got ap points you've got which are uh, like action points you've got mana and uh you can play cards blue is mana yellow cards are use ap points there's attacks there's defense there's spells and you just kind of go one-on-one against characters of different levels um when you beat them like that guy just got beat you get some money you get some experience you level up you go to this generic map here um I'm not going to go into all the details. I mean, it looks like a kind of like a, a modernized flash game, and it really kind of is. But I've had a blast on it. I put hours and hours into it. I've beat it on like five out of the ten classes, and I'm trying to beat them with every class now. Yeah, it kind of has yeah. a um, uh, almost a, a simpler, a simplified version of um, shoot with a, a slay the spire kind of a vibe. Right. So I've been playing a ton of this. It looks cool. I, I, if it was on Switch, I'd even consider it. But I don't play enough PC games to download it on Steam. But well, and it, I'm not going to lie. When I'm when I'm working and stuff, if I if I've been going for two hours, I'll grab ten minutes and just put in a couple battles of this. And yeah. Then, you know, and then when work is over, I might just sit there for an extra twenty minutes. Yeah. Um, before I let my wife know I'm done working. <laughs> and uh, we don't. You know, she doesn't listen. We're good. Sure. Uh, <laughs> But I put a lot of time into this game, having a blast with it. So that's it looks it. cool. It looks cool. I like it. Yeah. Now I'm very excited about this, Eric, because I did a trip to this particular company, this uh, yeah. local business, and had a blast with uh, with Marlin over there. Now you finally got to go. I couldn't join you, but I really wanted to go with you and do like interviews and the whole thing. So what did you do over there? Yeah. So I took a little trip up to. It's probably about a 40 minute uh, drive from where I live up to the Brewing Academy, and it. It's not about beer. It's about homebrew stuff. And so it's it's basically a full company. You walk in and they make all sorts of retro, modern retro goodness. Like they make 
like the cartridges for the Atari. They make um, cartridges for the Vectrex. They they just make all sorts of retro devices there. But now, real, like, real, real quick, I've got to interject because yeah. they actually did start. He is a brewer. He also yeah. does his own brewing. So it did yeah. start with beer. <laughs> yeah, it started is, with beer, but there was no yeah. hint of that when I walked in. So no it's time. Yeah, it basically is a storefront, uh, but it is a house that is converted into a storefront. And you walk in there and there are 3D printers buzzing 24 hours a day, it seems, like making little 3D printed uh, parts to that, that, that are that are components of retro devices. I mean, it is a full fledged business, the brewing, the brewing Academy. And Marlon was kind enough to, to meet me at the door. He gave me the tour. I, I ended up buying this, which is a, a Vectrex game. I've wanted a while and I've been on waiting lists and I could not get it, but he started making it, but it is vector blade, awesome. which is nice. Uh, yeah. Which is a, basically a version of uh, what was the game? Deluxe Galaga on the Amiga. Is that no. right? Yeah. Oh, no. It was, a, it was a game called uh, Warblade on, the, on Warblade, DOS, I believe. Which is the same Warblade. guy that made Deluxe Galaga. Okay, that's the connection then. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But uh, and the, these cases that this comes in are made on his 3D printer. So he makes the little cases. This has an overlay with it, but it is called Vector Blade. I mean, he makes all of this stuff in-house in this company, and he had employees working there. I mean, it, it just it, it warms my heart that there is a place in the world that is even like this, and there's nothing like this in my hometown, like of Sacramento or, or Elk Grove or anything like that, it, but it is a 40-minute drive, and it it's a full fabrication unit. Like, he's just making retro devices. It is fantastic. And um, he gave me the whole tour of the 3D printers running and, and all the his employees. I met them. And then he took me out to a little um, storage area. And there were all this stuff just waiting to be sorted through by him and put on the website. And it, it just seems like Marlon just he's a cool guy because he's not, not in any hurry. Like he's just like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, when I get to this. I'll get to it. And I was telling you, Tim, he has like eight or nine Vectrex machines that are just sitting there waiting to be troubleshot. And then when he fixes them, they'll go up on the website. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I told him I would touch base with him every couple of weeks and say, hey, you have any Vectrex for sale? And when he does, I was going to try to grab you one. But then I don't know if it makes sense to ship that over there because they're so fragile in shipping. But um he just he just has so much stuff in there. It is awesome. I saw a bunch of video discs, and I was telling Cody, "Hey, you got to come check out his video discs." But Cody told me he had already seen all of them. So I, I saw them. I said, "That's where I fell in love with the video disc and learned about it." I saw Marlin's collection. I'm like, "What on earth are these?" And he showed me, and I'm like, "I have to own that now." And the dude has like a full shelf, like full top to bottom of just video discs, and. He doesn't even show them on his website. He's just like, yeah, I got all these video discs. It's more than a shelf. It's, you know, that, um, did you go to the back shed? Yeah, the back shed is where I was. So yeah. it's, it's like four or five shelves full of those. Yeah. And then in between were just boxes of old Atari ST, well, not old, but like new old stock Atari STs yep. in various working conditions. And then like the Stacys, like you said. Yeah. And so it's there's crazy. the Stacys, which are the Atari STs built into a laptop format. Yeah. Um, 
And he has, and he's put those on his site now. And we talked about that last episode. You can go on there and like find ones in various conditions and repair them if you want or get a fully working one. He's, he's now offering those on his website. But the, it's just a really, really neat place. So, I mean, if you want to throw some businesses ways you, way, you can go check out his website. But if you live anywhere in the area, you should really go visit. It's quite it's it's just it's really a neat place that you just don't think exists in this day and age like you know well, this is a the, whole company yeah and the truth of it it's not a storefront because it's not really made for people to walk in it's true it's true. a business it happens to be in a house that we happen to be able to go to because we just happen to be able to be local <laughs> sure. uh, you know but it's funny because he'll, he'll he'll buy and sell his own personal stuff on here if you go to the website yeah. and look at marlin's strange brew <laughs> yeah portion of his website it's just like stuff that he has that he's selling <laughs> like here's yeah. a cop- copy of dragon quest monsters for the nintendo 2ds or yep. 3ds like you know whatever it's his, one of his personal games he's selling it okay <laughs> yep and then <laughs> so I contacted him. I said, Hey, I want vector blade, but you know, I don't want to pay shipping. So I'm going to come pick it up. And he said, okay. And I told him who I was and he gave me the tour of the place, but I just went, I paid ahead of time on PayPal and went in. He literally just handed me the vector blade and like, was like, Hey, you want to take a look around? And I looked around and it was just a, a really fun time. So much cool stuff. Yep. Yep. And, and I don't know if he showed you his, he has his, uh, he had the plastic TI-994A on the shelf. That is his original computer, his first yep. computer ever. It's yep. still sitting right there uh, out on the on the desk, ready yep. to be used. Yep. And uh, Tim, as you may or not may not remember, I think you do, but this is where I got your TI-994A flash cart. Yep. And that's that the FujiNet as well, wasn't it? And the FujiNet, yep. 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 So that, that TI-994A flash ROM, that is the very first thing I ever bought from Brewing Academy. And I bought that a few years ago and I didn't even know he was that close. Like I just, I was like, Hey, Oh, here's a guy who's selling this flash ROM. I'm going to go buy it. And like, I bought it and I think it took me a while to realize, Hey, he's shipping this out from Woodland, which is right up the freeway from me. So. Super cool. Yeah. Excellent. So that is that. Uh, Tim, you're up. Okay. Um, th- uh, uh, we've kind of already mentioned this anyway, but um, I've got um, uh, my A600, A1200 uh, winging its way back to me at the moment um, from Derek Fellows. Um, he's starting, or I think he's actually going to start doing, or has started doing this all full time now. Um, so he's got hmm. a business called Amiga Spirit. Um, so I think it's just in the in the fledgling stages i don't think there's a website or anything like that at the moment but um when uh when he's got everything sorted i'm sure we'll probably have a another another plug of it once uh once we get once it gets going um but uh yeah so that's just a quick one because we've already covered on that one i do think that's a growing business like i before retro rewind i i had a very hard time finding anyone here in the u.s that would recap. Still can't. Nope. <laughs> I found a guy. I found a guy. Well, I, I did my first, <clears throat> my first Amiga twelve hundred. There was a guy down in um, Southern California. His name was, I think, Paul Rodriguez, and he was doing recapping for a lot of different people. And but he didn't have a website or anything like that. You just 
touch base with him, send him, send him your stuff. And then there was like room. Now he sent mine back pretty quick, like maybe two or three weeks, but there were some people who had mentioned that they sent him something and didn't get it back for a couple months. Yeah. And, uh, that wasn't cool. So like people, he just didn't get a great reputation. So it's nice to have, start to have more recapping services that are reliable and have a quick turnaround. And you know where that's not going to happen, Eric? RetroRewind.ca. Absolutely. They, they will do it. They will hook it up and turn it around and send it to you quick. Super in quick. A, in a jiffy. In yeah. a jiffy. It was close to get my stuff done by Frank, but uh, for me, it's probably a bit more economical to get it done here in the UK. And, and Derek does Derek does the recapping of a, a six hundred, a twelve hundred for thirty pounds. Um, yeah, that's so a great deal. It's a it's a really good deal. Um, so yeah, good good stuff. Derek's and underselling I, himself. Actually, that's about the same. That's like that's a that's a good price. Yeah. yeah, I think the guy here, like before I found Retro Rewind, he did it for like 80 bucks, I want to say, 90 bucks. And I was happy to pay it, but even compared to that, to like Frank and Retro Rewind, yep. it's it's cheaper than that now. So, I mean... Even with I shipping. Feel, yeah, with shipping. So, I, I just think it's a great deal. So, hopefully... Now, Derek, does he do international or is it just the the England or UK? Do you know? If um, you, I'm, I'm sure he will do. Um, I, okay. I don't see any reason why it won't. Um, it's just obviously it's just that that risk of shipping across across the pond or wherever from, isn't it? And it's, yeah. it's shipping to from the UK to America is still not too bad. But um, from yeah, you 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 think it would just be easy just to ship something to France and Germany, but it's still an absolute nightmare here at the moment. That's bizarre. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Brexit. Exactly. I was gonna say Brexit. Oh man, is that a saying? Can we mix the two? Can we say uh, "Let's go Brexit"? Let's or, go. or just or just Brexit? <laughs> woof. Wow, Brexit. Woof. Woof. Exactly. Eric. Uh, speaking of death. Oh, wait, yeah. No. <laughs> so have you have you guys heard of Death Scambit? Either I have of you? not. Nope. So Death Scambit came out, I think, in 2019. So it was a while ago. I'm going to look it up, though. I'm curious. And it yeah. was a platforming game. But then they came out with Death's, Death's Gambit Afterlife, which they basically took um, customer feedback of the game. They took all the feedback and they were like, okay, we're going to make this game better. And so they came out with Death's Gambit Afterlife. And... It is a Metroidvania 2D platformer with heavy RPG elements. And the game looks incredible. And I watched a whole video on this game before I bought it uh, because I saw that it was on sale on the, the Nintendo eStore. I think it's like 20 bucks. This It looks awesome. And there's a physical copy of this. If you want Death Scambit Afterlife, the enhanced version... You can buy the physical one for I think it's thirty four ninety nine, but I just bought the digital version because it looks like an amazing game, and for that for that price, I was sold. So it kind of has that look to me like Death Souls, like it has a very retro um, kind of sixteen to thirty two bit kind of uh, hybrid look to it. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good way of putting it. Yep, yeah, but man, 
as you can see, like the rate from that screenshot on Steam, the ratings, nine out of 10, 93%. Yep. Um, I mean, it gets amazing reviews. People love this game enough to have given their feedback enough to make an enhanced version. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it. I literally downloaded this today. So okay. I haven't played anything yet. I haven't played any of it yet, but I'm really, really looking forward to it. This is going to be the next game I play. I mean, I've been playing Pokemon, but I'm going to try to play this one next. Yeah, good find. This looks great. Yep. So it does look a bit of a Metroid-y style game, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. More, I'd say it's more Castlevania than Metroid-y. Yeah. Yeah, I think more Castlevania for sure. Yep. Yeah. But very cool. Um, I have a quick one. I finally found a way to purchase a... Here, I can I can show this one to you. Yeah. I've got my... Oop, hold on. Let me unplug it here. Unplugging. Oh, come on. My little baby keyboard. Oh, yeah, for the CD32. Yeah, ah, right, yeah. And I tried to find the exact one, Eric, that you use. You gave, I asked you for the part number. Yeah. And it's not in... I don't think it's made anymore, oh, that exact part number. So I tried to find it on eBay, and people were, you know relying on suckers like me who need that exact part number and trying to charge me like 40 bucks shipped for this thing and i'm like what? gosh darn it no so way. finally i just said whatever 12 bucks amazon here's a little keyboard let's hope it works it does and it does beautiful it, it works cool. this little guy works so yep uh, i've got mine like like if you i mean if you can see my picture here if you look at my cd32 which is attached to my tv i've got right here i've got yep. like a little little tiny keyboard that's the one that, that model is the one I was trying to get that exact one to make sure it worked, but whatever. I got lucky. Twelve bucks. I got my mini keyboard. I yep. can now press F ten to ex- yep. exit my games. Exit I can now game. type in my na- my name if I want to name my character. You know, important <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Um so now I need to play like you said, uh AT what was it, ATF? ATR. 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 Yep. ATR. Yep. Now, do you you're still using a one button joystick though right now, right? I am. I haven't found a solution for that I'm willing to pay for yet. At this point, all the solutions that are available right now are so much that I'd rather just buy the Honeybee. Yeah. So I'm 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 looking at Amazon. I'm like if if I can find a Honeybee ship for 100 bucks, I'll do it. Um because all the aftermarket options are not nearly as quality and they're like 70 80 bucks. Yeah, yeah I'm, like I said, I'm keeping I, my eye out over here as well for you. Okay, so like like I said, I mean the Honeybee that Tim sent me, you know, is a great controller and it works. But you can also get the adapter for the PS2. But I know you you have, but some they're not available of, right now. A version to that, really? No, I can't find them. They're not available. Huh? All right, I I picked one up on eBay not that long ago. Yeah, I've been looking. If you if you find it, let me know. But they're not available okay. right now. Um, but yeah, but it kills me because that same exact Honeybee controller which is actually a competition pro honeybee mm-hmm. or competition pro whatever yeah you know all day long six button version for the genesis like 15 bucks and you, know, there's, <laughs> you know there's hardly any difference it just happens to right. be for the amiga cd 32 yeah. but you know 100 bucks or well i mean they're going for like 140 after i ship it from the uk so yeah yep honeybee honeybee all right, so I'm, uh, this one's going to be super brief. So one of the games of the battle was um, Luminous on the PSP. And the PSP isn't a system that I've played a ton of. Like, I, I never had one back in the day, and I have one now, and I modded it, and I loaded a bunch of games on it, but it's like that thing that I, I just haven't really played a lot of. Yeah. Um, but I started playing uh, Valkyrie Chronicles, Valkyrie 
Valkyrie Chronicles? Two, right? Yep, Valkyrie Chronicles 2, yep. Yep. That system was the Switch before the Switch. I mean... It's a great system. I mean, the way it feels in your hand, and this is really what I wanted to talk about, because I haven't played a ton of games, but I'm sitting there playing that game and Luminous, and I'm like, this feels so comfortable. This is like really what the prototype for the Switch was. I mean, it really is kind of like the Switch. Like, it is the Switch Lite. And it had a a game library filled with exclusives to the console that are great. Correct, yeah. And I think the only reason it didn't do well is it went with that weird UMD format. and That UMD little weird disc format. You're right. It just stuck with downloads, like digital downloads, and then some kind of cartridge. That thing would have taken off like crazy. Well, and then they did that with the PSP Go, but both of the original PSP and the PSP Go used yeah. their proprietary SD card, which they yep. called the Pro memory. Stick or something memory. like that. Memory stick, yeah. And they were like 80 bucks for like, yep. you know, enough memory to hold like six games or something. So it was just, they priced themselves out of their own market. So And nowadays in the Chinese uh, dark market, they have like those little <laughs> SD card adapters for the yeah. memory stick, which is awesome, but... Yeah. Um, and I modded mine so I can just download stuff and put stuff on it. But th- it's awesome, and it makes me want to get the PS Vita. And I feel like I missed the boat on that because there was a little time frame when you could, right after the PS Vita, the support was turned off. You could get them a little cheaper, but now like they're two hundred and forty bucks. Really? Uh, yeah, that. they're like okay. two hundred, two hundred forty bucks. I think I saw one for one seventy nine ninety nine. I'm on the market for the PS Vita because I'm figuring if the PSP is this good, the Vita's got to be really good too. And I know you have one, Cody. Um, I didn't know if you had one, Tim. Do you have a Vita? No, I don't. I've uh, similar to you. I've been looking around for one. Yeah, and and I can't find one inexpensive, so it's like I'm I'm going to keep looking because I really want to get one now. But um, so the thing with the Vita. It's a it's like a PSP but a little bit bigger and a little more angular, so it doesn't it's not as comfortable in the hand as the PSP is. Yeah. But the screen is bigger and it's an OLED and it's gorgeous. Yeah. It's just gorgeous. That's probably why they're so expensive is I mean the screen technology is probably way better than the PSP. Well they're a bit cheaper over here. Um I can see uh, on eBay there's one boxed for ninety nine pounds. Oh, Eric, get it. <laughs> exactly so if you want me to pick one up for you i can that that can come across in the next box was there was there a pal ntsc kind of difference on those or no don't think so no don't not for the vita you can huh. I, I have japanese games you just pop it in they work oh and, you know oh. pal's the same because it's you know the hardware doesn't actually plug into a wall except the the charger, which, you know, that adapts from... I wonder why they're so expensive here, because I can't find one to save my life that's inexpensive, so... Yeah, there's uh, one here, handheld console, no charger, but $79.99. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, cool, Eric. I didn't nice. think there were much, because I, I, even in um, CEX, which is like a, 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 a kind of like a... Um, I don't know how you said my pawn shop for. <laughs> oh, I like where um, this is going. Yeah. A pawn um, sh- you said pawn shop, pawn right? Shop, pawn yeah. shop. Oh, oh. <laughs> Eric heard something else. Farmer's um, yeah. daughter? What? <laughs> uh, that is, uh, we we have other uh, other places like cash converters and that sort of thing. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I've heard CX of CX do um, like electronics and games and all that sort of thing. And yeah, you can pick them up for around about 
80 90 pounds in there so um yeah i i they're 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 cheaper around here this is this been on my radar for a little while to to get a vita um so yeah if you want me to pick one of those up for you i might do that because let me let me take another closer look and make sure i'm not just uh tripping on this but I might have you do that because I really want one. So, and I'm happy to eBay you the money or PayPal you the money and just get that. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. No. Do you guys not? Do you guys not call them pawn shops over there, Tim? Uh, no, a, we don't. no. What do you call them? Like secondhand shops, or what do, what do you yeah, call second, it? Secondhand shops or cash converters or that cash convert. Yeah, it makes yeah. more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like burglary converting to cash shops. Yeah, we, yeah. like we know you stole this. <laughs> we're going to give you money anyways, but you only yeah. get like very little money because you're a bad person. <laughs> yeah, you're a bad, yeah. bad person. <laughs> Last one, Tim. It's all yours. Let's do it. Yep. So, um, based on my. Uh, woes of the last battle uh, with the PS2 I managed to um, get a a new uh, free McBoot memory card and a USB stick Um, and I also bought myself a nice little PlayStation 2 Slim nice Uh, which is this one so I got the the silver one that matches my fat PS2 um i'm 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 shaming it (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah uh, i just picked up a little uh ps2 slim it came with um i don't think it came with the controller but it came with the power supply um and it came with another memory card didn't have any games but i paid 20 english pounds for it so i don't wow (laughs) and it's white i like the white that's silver oh silver okay yeah yeah. yeah. okay yeah it's a silver one um but so, yeah. Jim, that's awesome because like the very first ps2 i got after i mean i had a ps2 way back in the day but it's it disappeared i don't know what happened to it then the the next one i got based on my retro revival was a ps2 slim just like that but it was black yeah. and i got it for i think about the same amount of money like 20 dollars or something and i was like so happy to get it and I used it for years, but then it started to overheat. Like, like I'd put something, I'd, start, I'd be playing a game, and it would get so hot to the touch that it freaked me out. And then eventually the game would start crashing. Yeah, That's when I bought my PS2 Fat, and then I modded that one up the wazoo, which I was yeah. happy with. So, well, the, What I'm going to do with this one is I'm, I'm not giving up. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen, um, the, there's some stuff going up about retro NAS. Yeah, yeah, I've read a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I've got familiar. myself a a NAS box over there somewhere, a little QNAP NAS box. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to hook that all up and have a play about with that, and then once I've got that all sorted, then I'll probably do a, a tea time with Tim or a technical thing on on that for the for the for the show. And now I'll uh, use your I, knowledge to do it for myself. Indeed, yeah. um, without all the hard work. Yeah, there's there's lots of things that you can do with retro NAS, but essentially it is a central location where you can stream games from using um, the SMB shares, so like Windows shares. Um, and uh, yeah, it's like a central location, so you can uh, play uh, down. You can stream your ISO files, your ROM files, and all that sort of stuff from one central place for all your different consoles. Yeah. Interesting. That sounds cool. awesome. Cool. And we are now sufficiently caught up, which means we're going to go ahead and jump right into 
the Battle of the Systems. Battle of the Systems! <laughs> Our battle this February 2022. Yeah. As I've said a few times before, is a couple of handheld music inspired. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep using that word music inspired. Uh, falling block puzzle games, although in one of these games they don't fall, they rise, but we'll we'll get there. Well, they fall and they rise. They, they do both. They do both. Um, as we like to do, Tim, give us some specs on these games. And oh. actually, I think we should go ahead and just spec out both of them this time. We should mix yeah. it up a little bit. So just go both all in one go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pick one over the other, but then, you know, back to back. Let's just get all the details out front. Well, so, Tim, hold, hold on. Tell me which one you want to start with, and then I've got a little multimedia. Funny you say that, but I've also got both consoles here ready with the games hooked into my mixer. So what? I can play the background music live from the games as well. But anyway. So much texture. So much texture. Yeah. <laughs> we got so much texture. Yeah, it's amazing. But yeah, so let me. Which one are you going to start with? Are you going to start with Luminous or are you going to start with. Uh, Mateo. Medios. 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 So we are, we are we are taking feedback from our patrons and trying to make the experience better based yeah. on the feedback. Exactly. <laughs> texture. The key word is texture. Texture. Um, okay, so we've got... Let, let, let's tell the listeners what these two games are, because I don't think we've actually mentioned that yet, apart from... Sure. We've said Meteo. So the first one is... Um, and you can probably pronounce this lots of different ways. Um, <laughs> yep. but it's, apparently, it's pronounced Luminese. Lumine- I, I thought Lumines. Not Lumines? So it's, it <laughs> says Lu, L-O-O, then a hyphen, M-I-N, and then another hyphen, E-S-S, Luminese. Lumines. Now, now I'm, I'm going to tell you something that's going to make me look like a nincompoop. But the first time I ever heard about this game was on the Xbox 360, and it was called Lumines Live. And I, for the longest time, pronounced this Lumines. I know you were joking, Cody, but... I seriously pronounced it Lumines. I'm not, I'm not joking, because it could be said that way, you know, just the same as any other way. And I think I said that to a number of friends, like, it's Lumines, Lumines, and they didn't know what the, what I was talking about. They probably just humored me. I never got called out on it, but I called it Lumines forever, and that's embarrassing <laughs> to me, because I did hear about it on podcasts mo- very recently, and it's Lumines. I like Lumines. That sounds good. Yeah. All right, so that's the game then. Yeah. <laughs> Luminese, Luminous. We can't Luminous, even agree on Luminous. the official pronunciation. Yeah. So, yeah, so Cody, let me uh, or uh, Tim, let me play a little bit of action from that. Here we go. You ready? All right, that's enough of that. Tim's got some sweet, like, Madonna Vogue motion going on over here. (laughs) So this was, uh, here we go, developed by Tetsuya Mitsuguchi, uh, Q Entertainment. Q Entertainment, you say? Q Entertainment, interesting, okay. Yeah. Um, It's 
was released in Japan in December the 12th, 2004, in North America, March the 22nd, 2005, and in the European region, as it was then, um, September the 1st, 2005, which included the UK. Uh, Luminous is a block-dropping game that seems at, f- at first familiar to Columns and Tetris. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game is made up of a 16 by 10 grid playing field, a sequence of two by two blocks varying between two colors fall from the top of the playing field. When part of a falling block hits an obstruction, the remaining portion will split off and continue to fall. A vertical timeline sweeps through the play field from left to right. When a group of two by two blocks of the same color is created on the playing field, it creates a colored square. So there's two colors, which is orange and gray. Is that right? Well, it depends which part of the level you're on, but yeah, yeah there's always yeah, two colors. Just switch that color. Yeah. Yeah. When the timeline passes through it, the colored square will disappear and the points are added to the player's score. Um, If the colored square is created in the middle of the timeline, the timeline will only take half of the colored square and no points will be awarded. Certain blocks with gems known as special blocks um, and are used to create colored squares. They will allow individual adjacent blocks of the same color to eliminate by by the timeline. In some game, in some games in the series, the special block is replaced with a chain block, which connects to all adjacent blocks, regardless of what square is created. So there are different modes of play. So one player mode, there's no timer. Just make as many blocks and as combos as you can before you reach the, before the blocks reach the top of the screen. There's a two player versus mode, which is a link mode over wireless LAN, a player versus CPU mode, a puzzle mode. Uh, the sound and the graphics are amazing in this game. The audio experience that is delivered, considering uh, this is a day of release title for the PSP, is excellent, um, giving the game a nice, smooth and polished feel. Um, it got a rev- got several reviews. Um, so in PlayStation 2 magazine in September 2005, uh, they reviewed the PSP release, uh, all the PSP release titles and uh, Luminous is one of those. Um, and they said it's a totally unique and mesmerizing experience. Uh, the ingenious mix of music and puddles, puzzles, puddles, yeah. <laughs> make like Luminous Metaphorically an unforgettable speaking. and addictive dose of fun. Verdict eight out of 10. Ooh, it's high. High praise. High praise indeed. All right. Um, Medios. Medios, um, I've not got a huge amount more, uh, on this. Uh, I did a little bit more research into Luminous. Uh, so Medios by, is n- on the Nintendo DS. Uh, it's by the same people, Q Entertainment. That's my point. Yep. <laughs> That's <laughs> my point. Wait, guys, let me give you a little texture to this. Okay, you ready? Okay, okay, I want some texture. I need some. I need that texture. Here we go. Actually, this one's kind of lame. Let me switch to another one here. Here we go. There we go. Oh, yeah. We're not going to take it. Come on, Tim. Let's do it. Yeah. Oh, break it down. Drop the bass. Break it down for me, DJ Tim. 
Okay, so meet years, like I said. Um, it's a, it's a self-proclaimed intergalactic game journey. Yay! <laughs> yes. Uh, gameplay requires the use of a stylus. Now, funnily enough, I was playing using Danica's DS, uh-huh. and she is forever losing styluses so i didn't actually play this with a stylus at all how did you play it yeah um i was just playing it moving moving the d-pad and then literally last night i played it and i was like hang on a minute this is meant to be played with the stylus so i looked around and all i all i had was my future was 8-bit pen (laughs) so i was just like stabbing at the screen using the pen anyway It's very uh, hilarious. To play without a stylus because yeah. I tried and it was not easy to do. Yeah, I didn't I mean, even that's, try. that's probably why I suck so much at this game. Anyway, um, so the gameplay requires the use of the stylus to move colored blocks called meteos, which fall uh, from the top of the screen. Uh, the game ends when the block blocks fill up the screen. To prevent this from happening, the player must launch three or more blocks of the same color onto the top of the screen to make them disappear. Playable characters include 32 aliens and their respective planets. Mm-hmm. One example is a giant hammer that destroys multiple blocks with a few swings. Uh, the game ends if the blocks reach the top of the screen. Each block set out on the playing field is called a virtual bank from which the player can unlock new planets, aliens, and sounds. The player can play as one of 32 aliens and their respective planets, which we've just said, each of which has a unique gravitational pull that affects the way the blocks launch. Are we getting feedback? No No feedback. I think we're all right. (laughs) Are you okay now? Uh, Yeah, okay. Um, the GameSpot website gave this an eight out of five, um, eight point five out of ten, saying it's hard to imagine having much more fun than this. Mm, I don't know about that. Um, scribbling like crazy, one of the best DS games yet. Meteos delivers a unique and successful twist on the puzzle game formula, and like any great puzzle game, it's something you can play for just a few minutes or for much longer periods of time and come away satisfied regardless. Mic drop. That's my dry stats. Well, Tim already gave a little of his opinion in there without meaning to, but <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. All right. All right. So we got the stats, which actually a lot of the stats had some opinion in there, but you know what? Um, I brought media. We have medios on the screen. We just talked about it. Let's start there. So yeah. obviously the, the point of this, I chose this battle. I wanted to play some falling block puzzle games, which is a genre I love. We've never touched. I wanted to pick something handheld. And um, because it's easy to play them on the go, we get more time in, which I think we succeeded. Yeah, and, I played a lot of both of these. Yep. And I wanted to pick, uh, you know, it was perfect because they're both games that are not only by the same company, but they're also exclusive to two different systems, at least originally. It was the PSP and the Nintendo DS. And they are both Fallen Block puzzle games that are heavily uh, music-based. Um Luminez, Lumin, Lumines, Lumininins. I think actually had a direct effect by what you did to what the music sounded like, whereas this is just kind of heavily music based. But let's start with Medios. So we've got it here. Um, Comes up with this kind of futuristic looking screen with a bunch of different buttons that are different shapes. Um, Music playing. Killer intro video, by the way, especially for Nintendo DS, by the way. I don't know if you guys watched the whole intro video. 
I did. So it's really playing up the whole, like, there's all these different planets, and these planets are battling by sending meteors at each other. Ooh, we got some sound effects. I think that's Tim. thanks to Tim. Tim's a- adding some sound effects. DJ Drew. Um, <laughs> and then it's cool because each planet is actually... It's got, uh, if you want to call them life forms or people that live on these planets, but they're essentially like stick figures, but like this one has a circle for a head with horns. There's other stick figures on these different planets that kind of give some personality to each of the different races that live on these different planets. And that's right. We're talking about races and planets and the story with a puzzle game. Um, here you go. We need you. Save our planet. Uh, you get a start the game uh, in different modes but the main mode uh, I forget what they call the main mode but uh, let me scoot back here so I can make sure I know what I'm talking about uh, yep. scoot back here here we go so when you start uh, you get to choose here we go Medios, or you can choose uh, we'll talk about it later wireless fusion options or extras uh, when you choose Medios, you can pl- choose if you want to do a simple game a star trip a time war a deluge or a tutor, which is like a training. Yep. And so basically, I mean, the main gameplay, I believe, was in the Star Trip mode. Yeah, and that's, I played that a few times, and that was a blast. I, I played simple Star Trip, and as well, I did the tutor, too, to learn how to play. And if I remember right, simple is basically playing the game just one quick round in it's one type of thing. Correct. Time War is you play a game, and you have so much time to get a score. Deluge I- is like you get to play one level and play it as long as you can until you die. But Star Trip is where you actually have goals. You try to beat that goal, move on to the next planet, beat that goal, move on to the next planet, and you can ultimately actually beat the game in Star Trip mode. Exactly. And it's mainly like planets lined up, and then you just go planet to planet to planet, beating each one until you get to the last planet. And when you win that, you get the little, literally the scrolling credits, in which I did a couple of times, which was cool. Yeah, yeah, which we'll call beating the game. Yep. Now, what's cool is when you select that mode, and I'm trying to pause it here in time because the video, they're going way too fast. Um, so give me a second here while they're while they're making their decision. Star Trip, boom, right there. So you get to choose your route. You can have a completely linear route. Yep. means this planet, this planet, this planet, this planet. You can have a uh, triangular route, basically kind of like um, if you've ever played Darius the Shmup, where if you beat a level, you get a choice between the next two levels. And then from that choice, you get the next two levels, making basically, um, you know, I don't know, like 32 different paths you can take to finish the game. It's like a branching tree kind of thing. And then the last option here is uh, more of a natural path where some paths give you two options, some only give you one. They can take you to complete different mat- uh, parts of the of the different planets and ultimately end up at um, a different final planet, just like the second mode as well, the triangular one. But um, And then you also get to select if you want difficulty one through five stars uh if you don't touch anything like i like to do it starts on difficulty two and i found it fairly easy to beat the game on difficulty two and uh three and four are kind of where the the challenge is at for me yep i beat it on one and two and that's that's and then three i was playing it and then i just ran out of time any input on that tim um 
<laughs> you weren't playing with a stylus, so you were at a heavy yeah. disadvantage. I, I got I got to admit, I, I did enjoy this game, but I didn't really get into into it in a huge amount of detail. Um, I've watched some of the videos and all that sort of stuff, and I can see that, especially this one that you've actually got on at the moment, this guy was very, very enthusiastic about the game. Um, and it seems to have a very good following. Um, so... I my personal experience is I, I I played it I enjoyed it, um, but I I didn't I'm not raving about it as much as 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 some people probably do because I didn't really get too deep into the game and didn't really understand it properly until I kind of like started looking at the videos and like say finding out that you can play it with the stylus and all that sort of thing. So for me, I'm kind of like looking at it in a di- in a bit of a different light as in the last 24 hours. So it's a bit difficult for me to completely judge the game fairly. Um, so I, I'll probably go on kind of what, what my initial experience was, but I, I do enjoy it. It's, it's very, very unique, isn't it? And we should describe what the gameplay is. And it's very, it isn't the easiest thing to explain because frankly, I didn't understand the game until I played the tutorial. Um, but the game is there are falling blocks and they fall one at a time and they're multicolor. Your goal is to get three or more in a row. And when you do that, it activates rockets, which boost all of the blocks above it skyward. Now, the first time you do that, and if there's a lot of blocks on there, they don't go all the way off the screen. They just kind of go up and then they kind of fall back down. But the ones on the top of the pile, if they pass a red line that's on top, they disappear. And that's how you clear lines. It's important, second- to note, it's important to note that they fall down very slowly. So once you push Correct. them up, they fall down slowly. Yep. And then as they fall, you can just try to rearrange more to get more three or more in a row to boost rockets. And the second time you do a segment, it will boost them even higher so that you can clear more lines um, and then to throw, this wasn't even in the tutorial I played to even add to that. One of the action things you can do is as the big st- stack of bricks is falling towards you, if there are bricks below that, you can throw them upwards to hit that rocket. And if you make three in a row, as you're throwing them up, it'll just boost them out of sight. So, you're constantly trying to get three in a row or more, even as the bricks are falling back down to earth to boost them up, if that makes any sense. I mean, if you watch and, it, it'll make a lot more sense. It's, yeah, it's a yeah. game you got to see or play to understand. But And while yeah. while some blocks are up above, yep. you can mix the blocks in that chunk that's up above to Correct. boost that higher, as yep. well as the ones on the ground that are not boosted yet. Exactly. exactly. Also, when we say three in a row, we're talking about either horizontally three in a row, which will lo- boost those three up, yep. Yep. or if that you do three vertically, row, yep. if you do three vertically, it almost always shoots everything above it straight off because there's enough... Correct. There's something that's not explained in this game. The two things that are not explained originally that you have to get a feel for. The first thing that needs to be explained is that even though it doesn't look like it, you're playing a vir- you're playing against a virtual opponent. They don't explain that very well. In the top left of your screen, you can see I'm looking at it right here. You can see on my yeah. screen here. Yep. You can see your opponent's thing. So when you're shooting stuff off the top of your screen, more crap is falling on the opponent's level. 
Okay. But they don't really explain that well. So this is a versus game. Yep. Um, yep. Which took me a while to catch on to that. In fact, I had to watch a video to catch on to that. The other thing they don't explain very well is uh, th- there's a gravity in this game. And that's what makes... There's a couple things that make, make this game very interesting. Each planet has its own gravity. Yep. And it changes vastly. Um, and each each planet has its own vibe. The, the actual image... They're not always blocks. Sometimes they're blobs. Sometimes they're squares. Sometimes they're circles. Sometimes they're all kinds of different things. Um and then the music changes for every single level. So every level feels very different uh, viscerally. Yep. But, another, uh, thing, another thing we have to mention about the gameplay, which I didn't use that often, but there is a little circle in the bottom right-hand side yep. that you can spin with your stylus and increase or decrease how fast the blocks fall. Yeah, I, and, I didn't I didn't see that at all until I was watching yeah. a video, and I'm like, oh, well, that'll help. <laughs> and I and didn't it, understand why you would ever make it faster. <laughs> no. But I think you get more points that way. No, no. So it doesn't increase or decrease. Um, while you're spinning it, the blocks fall faster. As soon as you stop, they stop falling faster. Okay. And, but why and because, would you want them faster? Because you're playing a versus game against your opponent. So the quicker, okay. if you're at a point where you have nothing you can complete, you want to get blocks down there so you can start completing more stuff quick. Okay. I was, every time I couldn't find something to do, I'm spinning that thing. Um, I mean, that's how I, that's how I play the game. Yeah, okay. that makes sense. And then, but the gravity is huge because you'll play a level where the gravity is so light that every time you make a connection, it just throws blocks off the screen and goes to your opponent and vice versa. Whereas there's other levels where the gravity is so heavy that you have to complete like four or five uh, rockets in a row in one area to get it off the screen and that's, it feels that's one thing yeah that's one thing that really confused me when i didn't really understand about the game i was like going through the different levels and i'm like well hang on a minute i'm doing exactly the same as i did on the other <laughs> levels but none yep. of the blocks are going anywhere they're just floating <laughs> and so what what i would say about this game is it's a blast um, but it's also very like, imprecise. If you're going in there trying to say, all right, doing like mathematical, like if I do this, this, and this, and this will happen. No, you pretty much just have to throw crap against the wall as fast as you can and hope that you, you know, are doing enough stuff in, the, in quick enough time to beat the opponent. Right. And if, if that works for you, great. And if it doesn't, you're not going to like it. <laughs> and you have to have a stylus. Otherwise you're not going to be quick enough at it. Yeah, the style, like I tried to play without a stylus when I first started playing it cuz I didn't know what it was about and it was it was dang near impossible. Like you can't play without a stylus. Now what's really unique about this game compared to any other match 3 games is that you can yank any item from any column from the top all the way to the bottom. So yeah. you're not just trying to move like two items side by side like mo- like um most match 3 games nowadays. You can pull something from the top all the way to the bottom. So really, it's not as much of a puzzle game as it is identifying where things are and trying to uh, put them in places to make things happen quickly. It's more of a reflex game than a true puzzle game, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else did I want to say about it? So what, what another thing that's cool about it that I didn't really get too much into, but I, I did... Um, as you complete these things, as you complete lines and make things happen, you gain resources kind of on the back end of the game. And you can go into like this planet mode and turn in your resources to build new planets. 
And it's, so there's kind of a collection aspect to it. So it's not purely just play the game and, cool, I beat it on this mode, let's play it harder. You're actually, you can actually build up and collect and add things and g- gain powers, and it becomes almost like uh, light RPG elements to, to a falling block puzzle game, which is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, so you've got the, the extra achievements alongside the game. So playing playing the game, you get bonuses as well as just completing the game. And the final level you beat, the final planet you beat in any stage is called Medio. And it's the coolest because it's got all the little alien life forms in the game. And that's who you're playing around with at this point. Um, very cool game. I've never heard about it before. I literally, I'll be honest with you, I... I heard amazing things about lumines or lumines luminines um even if we know what it's supposed to be called i can't remember what it is now and uh i heard amazing things about it and i was trying to find a game that would go up against it and this is the one i found and i'm glad i did because this is super cool i I think it's a super cool game so so let me talk about my experience with it so I loved it. I, I thought it was blast. I played it a lot. This was I played this much more than Luminous because I really enjoyed it, and I took it on you know taking my daughter to volleyball practice and stuff like that. I was playing this in the car a ton, and I played it on my DS XL, so nice big screens, you know. Um, one thing I what like so I want to give that my general impression of it was very positive. I thought it was very unique. I loved it. Once I got the hang of it, I did have to do the tutorial. I did have to read kind of about it to kind of learn the nuances and the different things about it. But once I got it, I loved it. Now, the only downside is, is also the thing that makes it kind of cool. Using the stylus to control this never seemed super accurate to me, even though I calibrated my stylus numerous times. (laughs) <laughs> it was not that easy to grab exactly what I wanted. I found myself grabbing the wrong block a lot of the times, which in a game like this can be crucial because timing matters. Cause there were many times when I almost like would fill up the screen and like, I'm like, okay, well, if I move this one here, I'm going to get three in a row and I'm going to be able to at least blast some of these off. And I go and I try to grab the block I want and I, it just doesn't register that block. It registers the one above it or the one below it. And so it's just because the stylus is trying to grab these tiny little blocks. I'm not even sure if it's a calibration issue. It's just a matter of like, I wish there was either the screen was bigger, which listen, I'm playing it on a DSXL. So it's the biggest screen you're going to get in that format. But I wish there was a better way to control this game that I could be more accurate with the moves. Cause if I think, I think that if I was, it was more accurate with the moves I wanted to do, I could have done much better in this game. I did. Okay. But I did find that I was miss touching the blocks a lot of times. But so, is that not because you were playing on the XL because it's got the bigger screen. So the resolution is blown up a bit, but it's it actually be. calibrated more to the smaller screen. You you might be completely right, but um, I don't know. I don't have a smaller. I mean, I have a smaller DS somewhere, but I don't know where it is. I this is my main playing DS, so you might be right. You might be right and on I'm, that. And I'm not. I'm going to pretend I could even follow Tim's logic there, but because I can't. <laughs> but it must be true because on my smaller DS, I had no issues. It was super precise. I had I. Had, hmm. That was one of the things I was going to comment on is how. I didn't miss unless I missed. So I might, I might be wrong. I mean, I, I, I do have a smaller 
DS somewhere. I don't think it's charged up, but I should try it on that because I might have a better. I, again, I didn't. It wasn't enough. I mean, like I said, I beat the game on difficulty one and two, um, and I think with time I could have done. I could have beat three, um, but I still got frustrated when I couldn't make it register the exact hits I was making. And I thought it would be easier on the XL because it would, they're bigger targets. Hmm. But Interesting. I still, I still kind of had a frustration with with trying to be accurate with the stylus. Okay. All right. So, what do these games have in common? So, beats per minute. Okay. <laughs> Which can literally go to infinity, but we'll just say, I don't know what's the highest beats per minute that you really put in a song, like one eighty, something like that. Yeah, I would say like I think. I think 180 would be really fast, but so I mean, I would say like 110, 120 is about the average. Average. For, uh, Out of 180 beats per minute, what are you going to give this one? <laughs> uh, am so I going for 180? Yeah. Yeah. Out of, out of 180. Um, I'm going to give this one a. I'll go 110. pretty good i think i'm i'm gonna give it um 150 yeah i was gonna go i had a blast uh it's not perfect i was gonna say i was gonna be very specific and say 152 so right on i enjoyed it very much and we didn't get to play multiplayer like now we're watching four players play so um that would be awesome, it but yeah, there was no way I was yeah. going to get that, be able to hook that up. So, cool. All right, let's do it. Lou mines, Lou mines. Oh, Lou mines. Oh, there we got our music. Oh, Tim, <laughs> <laughs> DJ Drew. Say, so, all right, there we go. Go for it, Tim. What do you got on Lou mines here? Um, yeah, this one kind of sat a bit more familiar for me to start off with. Um, yeah. I guess it's probably a bit easier to get into the meteos. Um, so it's kind of like more squarely along the lines of the, the, the falling puzzle, uh, blocks like Tetris or something like that. Um, this one, you get the two by two blocks. So you get, um, uh, four squares, um, and they can be different colors, so they can be adjacent colors. So you've got like uh, four on, squares that make one square. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> to, be, yeah. to be clear, yeah. yeah, four squares that make one square, um, and they can be uh, adjacent colors. So you can have on the diagonals, like when you start out on the game, you can have um, orange on the diagonals and gray on the diagonals. You can have uh, two orange, two. Um, gray going down or a complete block of orange or a complete block of gray um, you drop those down onto the play field um, and then obviously the idea is is that you need to match those up uh, to meet uh, four or more blocks of the same color um, you've got the the little uh, the, the timeline bar going across which is how you then get your get your score um, I, I enjoyed this one. Um, I like the idea where there's sort of like you, you go down and then you can split the blocks as well. 
um, and that's that's obviously a big part of the play element to kind of like mix the colours in and and get the 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 bigger completions. Um, yeah, I I I had that immediate feel with the music and all that sort of stuff that it was like a kind of like an upbeat, up tempo type of game, which I quite like. Um, yeah, I, I I've spent some time with this. I I, I got on with it okay. Um, what what about you, Eric? How did you get on with this one? I like it. I mean, I, I did like it. I enjoyed the time with it. The, I think the music is more interesting in the in Luminous, which adds to the game very much. There is a preview kind of like Tetris, and this one has a 3D preview, so you know the blocks that are coming. I, I, I've never had the sophisticated mind <laughs> enough to really use the preview that much. <laughs> um, I mean, I know they're like very professional players will look at those previews and know what's coming up and be able to sort them in, in any way. I'm not, I'm not that sophisticated. Um, I found the very interesting element in this game was the timeline. Um, one thing to note about the timeline is that if you are in the middle of moving um, a square into position and the timeline swipes over you, it can actually just delete the part that the timeline goes over. Mm-hmm. So you really need to make sure you get your stuff in place before the timeline reaches you, because if it reaches you in the middle of it, 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 it can really mess up your play. Um but other than that, I mean, I did find it a lot of fun and familiar because if you're familiar with games like Tetris, it's more familiar. But the honest truth is comparing this to to Medios or Medios or whatever we decided to call it, it gets to the point where it's almost like, well, is this all there is? Like, it's not as complex as the other game. Um, the, the rules aren't as complex in some ways that's nice because it's almost like taking a break from having to think about it. And in some ways that is, is not as good because it's not as deep of a game. There's not as many modes to play in this game. What do you think, Cody? So this is a game I wanted to start with because most people consider this, the, the second best puzzle game ever compared to Tetris. Okay. Um, I say most people, I, I would just say that the ultimate, you know, overall overarching zeitgeist of the internet says that uh people get super into this game they came out with a new version for the switch um there a lot of people are really into the fact that the way you play like affects the music to an extent um they're really into this music which is super just like early 2000s music (laughs) um and so I've tried it a few times in the past, and it never clicked. And so I'm like, "This is that's mostly why I wanted to pick this game." Is like I'm going to fall in love with this game because it's. I keep hearing how great it is, and and I want to fall in love with it, and I want this to be like my new, uh, you know, uh, video game crack. Like I want that game. Um, I can't gel with this game. I I I feel like there's something that needs to click like a lot of other games, something has to kind of click when it comes to puzzle games. And once it clicks, like something that'll open up and I'll be like, Oh, I, I get it now. And I love it. And, and you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, Rubik's cube. It's impossible until you figure out the trick and then you can, then you got it. Right. And I just can't get it. Um, I know that when that, if you get five squares of one color done before that timeline goes across you get like major bonus points so i'm trying to get that kind of like with tetris if you get four 
lines at once. It's a, it's a Tetris, right? And you get a ton of points. I'm trying to do that. Uh, I, I've tried playing it where I'm not going for that. I'm just trying to keep the, the, the screen low. I haven't found a way to play this where I'm in, really enjoying it. Um, at first, I was excited about it because I get the concept and it's simple and you know simple to learn, difficult to master. But I, I, I struggled with this one and I really wanted to love it. Um, that's just the truth. Uh, the music was good-ish. Uh, it was kind of... It feels dated to me at this point. But, um, I don't know. I expected to fall in love and I didn't. So maybe part of it is just that I created an expectation for myself based on what everyone says about it. Um, I did get, you know, three, three or four levels deep where the colors change. You know, once you kind of like Tetris, once you get to a certain point, the colors of the two colors change. I think it goes to like green and, and white. And then eventually it goes to orange and purple or something. I don't know. It goes to different colors, but, um, this was made by the same people that may also made a uh, Tetris effect. Yeah. And, um, so now I'm kind of curious to play that one to see if that one as as amazing as people say it is and how engrossing it is with the music and stuff. Is it going to fall like this one does on me? Or is that really going to be mind blowing? Like I hear it is. I don't know now. So anyways, I don't have a whole much else to say about it because it seems very one sided and I'm sure I'm missing something, but, it's my like third time trying to play it, and that's kind of how it fell on me. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, to, I, to I me, yeah, so, go ahead. Yeah. It's not a bad game. I mean, I, I would never characterize it as a bad game. Um, yeah, I mean, I just feel like there something is is lacking for me as well in this game. But go ahead, Tim. I want to hear what you have to say about it. For me personally, I preferred. Well, you, you'll see anyway. But uh, yeah. I like that simple aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Um. Out, out of the two, I was obviously able to get into this one a bit quicker because it's not as in-depth as the other one. So if I was to take it in terms of I've, I'm playing these pretty much for the first time, I've picked them up, I've played them for the battle, um, I was able to get into Luminous quicker than I was into Meteos. That's, that's just from my ex- experience on this side of things. Right. And again, the general... I'm going to keep using the, the kind of lame word zeitgeist out there is that is the case that people latch on this game and can't put it down. And I'm, I'm the opposite. I can't get into it. <laughs> yeah. I've tried three different times. This is my third time and I failed again. Yeah. All right. So out of 180 beats per minute, what are you guys giving luminous? Um, I'm going to go with 120 120 so no, your not, first a, one not was a lot more yeah so your first one was 110 for medios and then this one is 120 yeah. okay cody or, or i guess i'm next sure at least in the list that i made yep um i'm gonna give this one 110 so my first one i gave 150 i'm gonna give this one 110 <sighs> <Uh-oh. laughs> woof no no not woof <laughs> Um, I'm just doing the math in my head. I mean, I'll split the difference. I'll say 115. Um, I don't want to give it like a 50% score because it's definitely a better game than that, but I was expecting more from it. I wanted to give it a big score, but, um, yeah, I'll say 115. So if I'm doing my uh, math, right, 10, 11, carry the one. 
So four twelve, four and twelve points for Medios. And three, four, five for the other one for Lumin- Lumines. Three, four, five. So yeah, that's that's a surprise to me. So Medios wins. That's a surprise to me too, because I thought I was gonna be the only person with that opinion based on what I kept hearing about the game. Yeah. So right now this guy, he's playing amazing. Like this is yeah. the level I thought I might be able to figure out, but I don't I can't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Cool. We have right. a winner. We have a winner. And maybe it's not the right one, but it's our choice. So darn well, darn it, tootin'. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean for for me it it was close because they're obviously they're both brilliant games. Meteos, I don't think I gave a fair shake. Uh, because obviously I only really found out the proper way to play it literally at the last minute. So. You need to try it with a stylus. Exactly. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't, I can't rag on it for that. You know, that's, that's my fault. So that's why I've given them fairly, fairly close, but even scores. Um, but yeah, and I still <laughs> Start- got right here. So I'm probably going to play it tonight too. Yeah. So starting out, I think really uh, I need to probably start over with Meteos and uh, get more into it. But, it, you know, from from my point of view, for pick up and play for the battle, I think I, I was easier to get into uh, Lumines. Um, and that's, that just picked it for me. Cool. You heard it here heard first. It here first. That's right. Or, or 20 years late. Um, yeah, 20 pixel years late. And gentlemen, that is an episode yeah. of Pixel Guide In. I do want to point out uh, really quick again for everybody who, who uh, has been listening to the show. Uh, if you want to win $25 to RetroRewind.ca so you can get some sweet Commodore stuff and or Tandy Coco stuff, go ahead and hop on. Join our Patreon uh, if you choose to do so. Uh, if you don't choose to do so, do so, we just appreciate you listening. That's awesome. Uh, spread the word. Uh, but on March 5th, we will be drawing a name at random from our Patreon list to accept a free $25 gift card from our boy Frank over there at RetroRewind.ca. And um, yeah, next month is March, which is... It's not like a holiday or anything in particular you can say about March. It's just kind of March. March. It's March. We're marching on through the year. That's what you can say. The Ivy March, right? So it's got to be, be a good video game month because there's nothing else to do. Yeah. So there we go. That's the plus. <laughs> and we'll, an important, important month for me because it's my wife's birthday. And yeah, that's you go. My, my birthday literally straight after that. So. <laughs> In April? Yep. Noted. Same here. Same here. <laughs> awesome, guys. Right. Well... Cool. Uh, appreciate having you guys on and keeping me up until almost 1 a.m., which is always a good time. That's right. Four beers deep. I'm ready to go to bed and wake up in like five hours for work. Same here. So until then, remember, it's, it's dangerous, dangerous to, to go, go alone. alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at the project. That's D U H project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball 49. That's O D D B A one one four nine. You can reach Tim drew as well on Twitter at sanction. That's S A N X I O N. 
If you are interested in supporting the show financially, please join us at our Patreon account. That's patreon.com forward slash pixel Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com.